Live from the 607 is the ODPH Entertainment Edition, where we're talking movies, comics, TV, and more. Why don't you join in the conversation? Hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I'm your host, Ken. I'm joining me in studio. As always, it's the co-host himself, Padawan J. You know, guys, I'm not going to lie. This weekend was a ton of fun. New York Comic Con, one of, if not the best con I've ever been to, but I'm not going to lie. I need some sleep. Oh, we all need some recovery time from New uh-huh. York Comic Con. New York Comic Con was the event of the weekend, and we're going to be going into it the What's entire that, episode. say there was one day, which we will recap, where we left for at... What was it like eight something in the morning and did not get back to where we were staying until 10 o'clock at night? Easily. Easily. Yeah, it was a long day. It was a long day. And joining us for this episode, because it was his first time going, the newest member of the ODPH Street team, Ryan is joining us in the studio to give you his experience as the first time con goer. Ryan, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you? Oh, I am wonderful. I am definitely recovering from con because yeah. you, you need yeah, like a good yeah. couple days to recover mm-hmm. from, oh, all, from all the amazing news that was going on and just to give your body a chance to recharge. Because yeah. if you do con the right way, you, trust me, you need a couple days to recover. Okay, I got, we got back Sunday, and I went to the grocery store and needed a couple things. Got back and then promptly passed out for about four hours. <laughs> yeah, without question. I mean, that's what we're going to be talking about this entire episode. Last week, we previewed New York Comic Con. We said what you should do, what you shouldn't do, where you should check out, what you shouldn't. This episode is recapping everything we hit and we think you should know about because New York Comic Con definitely had one of the best cons, I think, in recent memory. Like, yeah. New York Comic Con is always great, yeah. but this one just... I mean, it's up there and for the best ever. I would say for me, my benchmark has always been the first year I went and partially first year I went. But it was also the year where they had the uh, screening of the first two episodes of season two of Star Wars Rebels. Oh, and cool. I got to meet a lot of friends up from, up from Twitter out there and just get to see the first two episodes like a week or two early before everything. So for me, there was just a lot going on that I was really into that year. And so for me, it's been hard to top that year. But darn it, I got to You know, might got to take some time, assess, digest. This one might have beat it. So definitely join in that conversation on social media. Hit us up at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. Join in and use the hashtag ODPH because this entire episode we are recapping New York Comic Con 2019. Mm-hmm. So let me start with Ryan here. Oh, here we go. Uh, I'm going to break you into the show very quickly. <laughs> this was your first year going to a con. Yep. Give us your initial reaction when you got to the Javits Center down in New York City. Shout out to everybody that was working at Javits this weekend too. Oh, it was fucking wild, man. Like, whew, everything, everyone. It was packed. Yeah. Well, I mean, Thursday Thursday was packed. Saturday was even more packed. But Yeah, it's one of those things. The first year I went, Thursday was kind of like, it was busy, but it wasn't out of control. Right. You could easily right. navigate it. You could do this and you could do that. It wasn't until last year that I noticed, I'm like, there are way more people here than, are, than normally on Thursday. And this year was, again, yeah. the case where there were way more people than normal on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday is usually kind of the ease-in day. Yeah, and yep. for us, actually, we were able to do press this year for New York Comic Con. So it was a, a definitely a different experience, a definitely great experience. I hope to do it again next year. But for us going in and really kind of seeing the, the mood of the crowd and everybody was so amped up and energetic to yeah. be there. Yeah. yeah. And like right from the jump, we just hit the ground running. Yep. And mm-hmm. just, I mean, 10 o'clock in the morning, what was everybody's initial reaction walking into the Javits? Just utter 
shock at the stuff that was there. I mean, because the, they, had the, the, they had a lot there. And the one thing that kind of made me laugh and smile a little bit was, of course, it's the 20th anniversary of uh, SpongeBob SquarePants coming <laughs> airing on, yep. cr- on uh, Nickelodeon. Yep. And right there, when you walk into one entrance, is a replica of the uh, Krusty Krab. Yeah. Where I, I never got into it because, well, obviously, the line was absurdly long the entire time we were there. But from what I could peek in and see, it looked like there were some games you could play in there. It looked like they were uh, airing episodes, too. Yeah. it like was it just was, streaming them. It was one of those things that, like... I never considered seeing at all in my lifetime, but when I saw it, I was like, all right, that, that warms my childhood a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was one of those experiences just walking in and seeing everything. And like we were previewing on the episode prior to DC, we knew was going to go heavy with Birds of Prey. Yeah. And yep. to see their display, I mean, they always have a big booth down in New yeah. York. On, yeah. And to see the costumes for Birds of Prey and really kind of start hyping up that movie because obviously Joker was going on around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, honestly, the walking around con. We didn't really talk to a lot of people that were saying they went to see the movie or the initial reaction. Sure. This one was just more or less, okay, let's find out all the great news. Let's hit the ground running, and let's really just embrace Khan for what it was, which I, I thought was kind of surprising because I was expecting more people to really give a Joker reaction mm-hmm. as the weekend progressed. And right. it didn't really happen, which not to say anybody was bashing the movie or not because – I every- think everyone was just too exhausted. Well, it came out what, Thursday? It came out Thursday night, Friday, right in the middle of Khan. So I think yeah. I think anybody at Khan that would have gone to see it would have been a little too tired. Yeah. Absolutely. But we will definitely be recapping that next week. Yes. Because I think the entire panel is going this week after everybody's recovered from Khan. Yeah. But 10 o'clock in the morning, where did we go? We went right to Artist Alley. Definitely had to go pick up an issue of Punk Taco. Adam Walenta was down there, and he autographed our copy. I've heard about this book on So Wizard and Pina Comics. I definitely had to go get one. If you are not familiar, punktaco.com slash shop hyphen now. Definitely go check it out. Definitely support independent comics. The book is great. And definitely want to get Brian to do a review up on the ODPH Parlay Points section. So that was how we started off Con. And if you start off Con going and grabbing an issue of Punk Taco, you have done Con the right way to start off the ground with. <laughs> but we all kind of started separating after that. Mm-hmm. So yep. 10 o'clock in the morning, Thursday, where was everybody headed? Uh, I went and checked out the show floor. I mean, there was really nothing early going on that I was really interested in, you know, or at least that I wanted to run all over New York City for. So I went and just kind of checked out the show floor and kind of saw what was there just because you see some of the same people there and some of the same booths there. Obviously, Midtown Comics is always there, and you've always got the you know the appraisers of old comics from the Gold Age, the Silver Age, and all that. But then you just kind of the different vendors that you don't expect to see. Oh, I've never seen that before. That's really awesome stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah I just, uh, uh, John and Brianna and I, we, we wandered the show floor for a while until first uh, the first um, main stage showing. Yeah, so obviously when that was going on, uh, they were having the panel with Christopher Eggleston, which, I mean, if you're in Doctor Who, the yeah. def- he definitely was given a very great panel. And yeah. just, you know, the yeah. conversation going on there answered a lot of questions for a lot of Whovians. Mm-hmm. But we wound up actually all hitting the main stage. Yeah. For well, not all of us. Not all, not of, all us. of us. Not all of us. Because there was some late-breaking news that kind of threw everybody off as we're all just kind of getting assimilated from the floor. Right. So we're walking the show floor, and we're, we're getting ready to meet up. And, and we mentioned this panel last week, and I was kind of like, if I get down to it, great. If I don't, I'm not heartbroken about it. It was, of course, the 20th Century Fox panel, an insider's look at the Kingsman and Free Guy. And I was kind of like, if I get to see it, great. If I don't, I'm not heartbroken because I already know I'm going to see Kingsman and Free Guy. Who knows what that is? That's going to be so far out. You know, that's not coming out anytime soon. Well, lo and behold, the New York Comic Con lines uh, account on Twitter, which I followed and turned on notifications for just because, hey, it's a very handy account. Shout out to the folks that run that. 
they tweeted out a thing, you know, red alert emoji, like Ryan Reynolds has crashed New York Comic Con and will be at the 20th Century Fox panel. And at that point, I told you guys, I was like, we need to get down to the main stage now. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a five alarm, get to the <laughs> stage, everybody drop what you're doing. Everyone, Which I think everyone every, put the pedal to the metal. Right, and I think once the alert went out on the New York Comic Con official app, like the entire everyone in the building went and yeah. said the same thing, like, we got to get down there. Yeah, yeah there was no question about that, because with Ryan Reynolds going there, obviously we knew that, that he was not going to be talking anything Deadpool. Right. Well, right. we knew that if he was coming down there, it was his new project that was coming out. Definitely was intrigued by it. Did not yeah. know anything about no. the movie coming. No. But we get in there. Kingsman footage was awesome. Yes. Fantastic. I mean, I'm... Oh, man. I, yeah. I'm stoked. No. Uh, I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the second one. I need to do that. But this prequel looks freaking awesome. No, it's one of those things that, are, like we've said before with other things, prequels are hard to do because mm-hmm. a lot of times you do a prequel, you if, depending on where you put it, you have to end up at a certain point. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, Harry Potter, once the uh, Fantastic Beasts film franchise wraps up, like they have yeah. to get to a certain point. Right. But the awesome thing it appears with the Kingsman, and I think Matthew Vaughn even said this at the panel, was that I wanted to do a prequel, but I wanted to do a prequel set far enough in the past where I didn't have to worry about time and people and fates and this and that, so that like I could just tell a story. Yeah, he said something along those lines. Ba- basically, what Jason say because you know, and it's, he said he learned a lot from doing X Men First Class, where you know, yeah, it was fun to do, but he was kind of restricted with what he could do because it's not like exactly he could kill off Xavier in right. X Men First Class. Because right. hey, why did you kill off Xavier in X Men First Class if he's alive in these later ones? These later ones, whoops. Yeah, it was one of those things to hear the the, the production side and just you know, yeah. the creative side come out. This is like one of the best things to go to panels because when yeah. you start hearing these one-on-one interviews, and obviously they're interviewing a lot of members of the cast. I mean, Ray Fiennes, first time ever at Con? Yeah, first Con ever. Yep. Yeah, that was wild. Of course, M in the New James Bond movies, Lord Voldemort in the Harry Potter franchise, among many, many other films. Yeah, so Fantastic his, actor. To, yeah, oh, yeah. to see him down there was incredible. The footage, like I say, the minute I started hearing War Pigs by Black Sabbath come on, I was oh, like, man. Yeah. Oh, this is that was awesome. Yeah, that was like, okay, now we're really hitting the ground running. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of people, like, I know Matthew Vaughn has said he wants to do a Fantastic Four movie, and, like, if people are going, all right, given the, like, action sequences he can create with Kingsman, yes, please. Yeah. I'm all for it. I mean, cool. I mean, that was the one thing about Khan, too, and we'll get into a little bit later with Marvel. We didn't hear any studio footage. No. Or any plans for Phase no. 4 or Phase 5. Stu- Marvel no. Studios, yeah. the films were not there. Period. No. Yep. It was just just the comics, right, guys? Right. It was yeah. just the comics, and we'll, like I said, we're getting to a little later in the show. But for this panel, though, we had the Kingsman trailer come out and look great, and then we went right into Free Guy. Mm-hmm. Now, Pad, why don't you break down what Free Guy is about? So Free Guy is an action comedy uh, film directed by Sean Levy, starring Ryan Reynolds, and basically the premise of the film is uh, Ryan Reynolds plays a bank teller who is in a non-playable character in a video game. And uh, I just got to say, yeah, it's going to be good, guys. Oh, it's going to be so it's good. Gonna be it's going to be so good. I mean, you could say it's because it's Ryan Reynolds, but like it's got uh, Taika in it. Taika Waititi. Yep. It's got it's this movie is one to watch out for. And can we just say too? The pre-trailer uh-huh. that they filmed with the cast of yeah. three guys sitting there. Yeah. yeah. And how they were the, the other cast members were trying to get Ryan Reynolds and Tiki to mention 
Green Lantern. Or to, oh my uh, God. to, acknowledge, to, to acknowledge, acknowledge it exists. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Brilliant. They're like, yeah. what? No, we didn't work together. The video's online. You can find the video online. It's it's absolutely hilarious. But getting back to the premise of the movie, it's Ryan Reynolds plays a, a, a bank teller who is a not who finds out he is a non playable character in a video game world and he find that he finds that out when the bank he works at gets robbed 17 times in one day and he starts to go wait a minute this isn't normal yeah something's not right here right and they had rough footage they said yeah. they're just six weeks into editing yeah which was surprising that they had anything at all given it's six weeks which to us seems like a long time but to film uh, film speak. No, that's not a long yeah, time. No. no, definitely wasn't. So we did see a little bit of it. Yeah, and what it, we saw was good though. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh it yeah, solid. It definitely had my interest peaked because I, like I said, going into this, I had no idea what this was about. Right. I mean, there was one scene they showed to us where Ryan Reynolds' character was talking to one of the female characters in the video game world because they said the film will be split between the real world and then the video game world. And Ryan was talking to the, this female character in the video game world and she was getting ready to go out on a mission or go do something. And like, she kept taking guns and, and putting them into her, you know, her backpack, her, it, inventory, it, her inventory. And they were just disappearing. And I'm like, and I'm looking at this, this visual effects going for six weeks in. That's pretty damn it good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely impressive. So obviously the energy is very high to kick off con. Yeah. Like yes. I said, I was happy I had my issue of punk taco and then I get to go to this. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Con mm-hmm. season is full effect. And we start going into it. So, Pad, where did we all wind up next? Uh, after that, we all went to the uh, screening of the next episode of ABC's Emergence. Yes. Now, this is a brand new show mm-hmm. that has just... I, I'm starting to watch a little bit more. And now, this is... It's a very interesting premise because there's a mysterious young girl that a family is more or less watching over. and they, so It's like a mystery sci-fi type show. Yeah. And it definitely was different. And it's been throwing some curveballs. To me as a, as a viewer, because like the end of the first episode, and I don't want to spoil too much because it's only really in its infancy, was very shocking because of she she makes a very drastic action that you're like, okay, is she an alien or what is she? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And this episode definitely answered a lot of questions. I don't want to ruin it because the episode is coming out on Tuesday as we were recording Monday. To say what this episode was about if you were into sci-fi, I recommend checking it out. If you are into like a different kind of drama, it might be worth your while because the setup was a mix of a lot of humor, which I was very surprised at how funny it was. And you could see just definitely awkward moments, I guess, was really kind of carrying the episode to see the interaction with the girl of mystery. And then what happens there mm-hmm. when they start getting some clues about fixing a situation and a warehouse and I don't want to spoil after that because there was something that showed up that, yeah. that I was like, okay, <laughs> this is interesting. I'll say uh, I know somebody who was at the panel and who's seen the first episode. The, I think they put it best where for as many questions as this episode answers, there's, there's about a dozen more that it asks. Yeah. yeah, which I thought they did a great job with. And especially one thing, too, is this pan, or this cast, very high energy. Sure. Yes. Yes. Very energetic, very excited to be there, which I've been to some panels and, you know, you see a lot of people are just very professional and, you know, don't really get animated and excited. The cast of Emergence was all about, like, just interacting with the fans and they were so pumped up to be there Mm -hmm. that it was like, okay, you know, this makes for a great panel because I know when we went last year and we talk about Hellboy. Right. Now, obviously. That hyped us up up to no end. David Harbour came out there and, like, was so energetic right 
that we were all like, okay, when is this movie coming out? Right, and especially the footage they showed. The footage they showed, we were like, oh, this looks awesome. Like, this looks great. When does this come out? I can't wait for that. Yeah, and then... Um, the movie came out, and yeah. Not exactly the cup of Java there, so to speak. Nope. Oh, no. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It, it, it's definitely a different take on Hellboy. Mm-hmm. But just going to that panel and just the energy... Like I say, when you go to a panel and you have that much energy coming off the panelists, and they were so excited and mm-hmm. so happy to well, see you. For the, for emergence, it helps that you have Daniel Faison on there, because yeah. if you know Scrubs, you know Daniel Faison. Uh-huh. He's just... He's a bundle of energy, and he's ready to go. Yeah. So that just made that panel so good. And I know it's on Tuesday nights, 10 o'clock on ABC, wherever you can watch it. I actually was uh, near the press room when they were doing this. Sure. And they carry that energy right up to the press room, too. Um, it's one thing about working press. I got to do it. But unfortunately, my voice was recovering. From, Still. Uh, yes. I mean, it's actually in workable condition this week. So, <laughs> But for that night, I decided not to pass on. But just seeing the energy, and especially they were so happy to just be doing the interviews up there as well. Mm-hmm. Like you can definitely feel like this cast is really behind the show. And for a sci-fi show, that's it's very different, but it's very modernized too. Right. Know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But it's the easiest way to describe it because they do throw some curveballs in that you're not expecting, and there's a lot of humor in it. But they were just so happy to be there. They was like, okay, you know what? I'm definitely going to give the show another watch. And that's what, essentially what you want if you were on a panel to say, hey, check out my stuff. So they definitely had me hooked on watching it. So and especially no SmackDown, I can definitely check it out on Tuesday nights. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pad, what was up next? Uh, after that, I uh, peeled off to another room down there at the Javits Center, and it was the DC World's Finest panel, which is kind of what they were giving a preview of what, they, what the, some of the writers are working on for the upcoming year. And I got to say, it was a very interesting panel. Uh, on the panel was Cami Garcia, Mitch Gerards, Brian Hill, Joel Jones, Tom King, the uh, man. Evan Doc Shanner, and then Joshua Williamson. Uh, just kind of a quick hits, you know, bullet points kind of thing. Uh, the first thing they talked about was they brought up the Flash run they were doing, which of course is, do, you know, Death and the Speed Force, the big thing they've been doing in that comic. The thing they said with uh, the Flash is that it's going to lead to the Flash disappearing, and then the uh, his uh, rogues gallery will take over Central City, but not in the same way as Bane has done in City of Bane. So the rogues are going to be taking over Central City and running things while the Flash is missing. So that'll be definitely something to check out. That's very that's a very interesting take on it too. Because yeah, the rogues. We talked about this on previous episodes. And Ryan, like you're not super into comics. You're you know kind of like not really. no, just like here and there a little bit. Yeah, the rogues gallery of the Flash is so good, mm-hmm. and I think it's never been utilized to his full potential on, on the actual CW show. Right. To see what they're doing in the comics with him, and especially the take they're doing with Captain Cold, Right. I'm like really excited to see how this is going to play out because the fact they actually are going to take over Central City mm-hmm. and where they go from there is anybody's guess. Right. But just to see how DC's been really pushing the year of the villain, how this is going to kind of tie in with that, I think is going to be really something special for the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. After that, uh, they talked to Cami Garcia, who is working on the Joker slash Harley criminal sanity book, which starts uh, this week, October 9th, as we record. Uh, it's being art by Mike Mayhew and then Miko Suyan. Uh, this one prop to me was like the most interesting one because it is because it is the probably most unique take on Harley I've ever heard of. One, the art style is insane. The art they showed off a panel or like three pages that they could show without giving anything away. And it looks real. Like, it doesn't look like you would expect a comic book 
to lo- look like. It, it looks just insane. But the premise of this book is, if I understood Cammie right, is that Harley Quinn in this book is a psychologist, and she's mm-hmm. given her the skills to be a psychologist. There is no romance in this book. Harley is not in love with the Joker. Harley wants to catch the Joker. You know, the thing Cammie said was that, you know, the scariest thing to her is not an insane Joker, but a sane Joker. You know, somebody that is fully aware of what they're doing and fully cognizant of what they're doing that like they're not impulsive. They're not. He's not doing things just because, oh, I feel like it. No, there is a reason and there is a purpose behind it. Mm. You know, she worked with a lot of, you know, forensics and criminal like if there is blood and guts in this book and there will be. Like, it is how it should look. Like, if entrails start spilling out, it is the right length of entrails. If they are spilling out at 9 and 2 on o'clock, it's because they're supposed to. You know, she worked with a gentleman who was like a worked on Silence of the Lambs and was like the psychologist expert that they referred to to make sure they got everything right. Like, she used actual, like, so just the level of depth she's going to on this book is absolutely bananas. Yeah, it definitely sounds that. I mean, I know they're making a big push for Harley right now in the comics, obviously, with the movie coming out in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, Birds of Prey and and whatever the long title is with Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> that Yeah. Just they're really making an emphasis to really take some different showings of Harley and the character, mm-hmm. which, I mean, just to say how far this character has come from when it debuted on Batman the Animated Series right. to where it's arguably one of the most recognizable characters yeah. in all of comics. Yeah. It's absolutely mind-blowing to think that this is, like, how far this can go, and just with a rabid fan base that gets behind the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the success of that. Yeah, after that, uh, Joelle Jones talked a little bit about Catwoman and what they got coming up in that issue. Kind of the main thing I took away with that. Didn't really give away too many details or secrets with that. The one takeaway I did give is uh, they want to do an homage to Catwoman's costumes so that every issue going forward, she will be wearing one of her classic costumes that you're used to her seeing in the various places that's interesting from throughout history so that'll definitely be something to check out uh after that tom king talked about batman and wrapping up batman and all that stuff and just you know how excited he is for that and how you know he's got his other projects going on with writing scripts and all this stuff you know but didn't give too much didn't give, didn't give too much away about that but then the other the surprise which i think it leaked online before that was uh, tom king talking about strange adventures yes. coming out which is on sale it says it's coming out uh on in 2020 uh art and covers are going to be done by mitch garrards and evan doc shanner that one kind of surprised everybody this is a very surprising take but if you, the more i was thinking about it it makes a lot of sense yeah now king and gerard is one of the best teams out there right now. The mm-hmm. Mr. Miracle book yeah. is so good. Yeah. Like, it is on a whole different level. It should win every single award out there. It is amazing. Like, you, because yeah. the thing about where Mr. Miracle has always been, and, you know, obviously not the first name you think of when you talk about no. heroes. No. But to see their take they did on him and just really showed him in a different light and how it came across. And it's so well done. Done. I mean, mm-hmm. The artwork is amazing on yeah. it. Uh, King's writing is he has his way of just really putting a lot of emotion into his characters. And I know it's one thing that we've always talked about on the show. His Batman has the man put back into the bat. Yeah. Which is very interesting to see. I and he's made it work. Yeah. And that's something that when he gets a hold of characters, he's really making them more human than hero. Mm-hmm. But it comes off so well yeah. that you're not going looking at like a superhero book. You're looking at it as like, well, this is somebody and this is what they do on the side almost. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the vibe I get. Yeah. And to see them do the character Adam Strange, which I was really kind of puzzled, but I'm like, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. 
obviously with Mr. Miracle, you're dealing with Apocalypse. And obviously with King writing the movie New Gods, yep. David DuVernay, which is going to be the better movie than Eternals. You heard it here first. I'm going to say it right now. I'll probably get a lot of people tweeting about it, but I don't care. It's going to be better. This is tying into where he can go into do, tie in with the space odyssey of the DC yeah. universe. That's yeah. what I'm trying to go with. Because he did the Omega Men, which was incredible. Obviously, Mr. Miracle has been great. So with Strange Adventures and with Adam Strange, what we've seen with the photos. Yep. I have no idea what you can really do with him, but I'm fully trusting that team to make another epic. Well, yeah, and that's the thing he said. is He said that it's going to be very much in the same vein as Mr. Miracle, that it's going to be kind of like a, a, a take on kind of what's going on in, in society now and with people. And he said the big thing that you're going to get out of this is how we see ourselves versus how others perceive us. Incredible. It, it's, it looked incredible. It, it looked insane. I cannot wait to get it. Yeah, obviously. And I mean, he has such a big year coming out next year with Batman yeah. Catwoman to, to complete the 100-issue saga that he's been writing. Mm-hmm. And obviously when that book kicks in, pff, forget about it. Yeah. King's taken over 2020. Mm-hmm. That was Thursday's recap of what we were doing at New York Comic Con. We're going to take a quick break. Definitely hit us up on the social media. Hashtag ODPH, joining the conversation, because we're going to be breaking down New York Comic Con, recapping everything you need to know about it. You are listening to the ODPH podcast. Are you single? Are you divorced? Co-parenting? Married to a ghost pirate? Are you in an open relationship with a sword swallower and a jouster at the Ren Fair? Do you loathe dating because you never thought you'd be single again? Do you find yourself mindlessly swiping on dating apps only to stumble into people you already know or already slept with? Well, sit back and relax and grab a cup of coffee and share a laugh or two with us. This is Why I'm Single. Please look for Why I'm Single wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't be a douchebag. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is George Gatton, and you are listening to the Ocho Duro Harley Hour Entertainment Edition. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the NYCC Recap of the ODPH Podcast. Thursday was a crazy day. Definitely uh-huh. got the energy going. Got my Punk Taco book, which I can't plug enough, and just hit the panels and obviously hit the Rangers game that night. So shout out to the rest of Blue Shirt Nation. But enough about the sports. We got to get back to the comics. Now, Ryan, you started off Friday going to a certain panel of the coolest guy in the room. Uh-huh. Coolest guy in the galaxy. Yes. Break it down. Billy D. Williams. Oh, it was a pretty good panel. He, he spoke about you know his life and and being on Star Wars and and he did you guys know he painted? No, I did not. No. So you mentioned that. He paints. Oh, that's cool. It's beautiful painting. You can check it out uh just Google Billy D Williams paintings. That's awesome. They're they're freaking cool. I'll say the one thing I like about Billy D, you know, happy he's still with us and oh, very God, yeah. very much wish him very long and continued life. But just whenever he goes to a con or a public event or anything all the stars who come up and just want a photo with the guy. Mm. Though I know there was one, I think it was San Diego Comic-Con or something like that. Like there was a photo of him and Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. And then yeah. I'm like, all right, never would have thought those two stars would have crossed. But ju- <laughs> just seeing Billy Dean Public and just hearing the stories with him are just so cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's the best. Mm-hmm. And then, Ryan, where did you go after that? Because I know we're going to kind of jump in a little bit for you. But yeah, you, yeah. you and Brian and John went somewhere and did something? We went and checked out the uh, the Expanse Experience. Okay. Uh, they, they had, across from the Krusty Krab, they had a a, a uh, mock-up of the uh, the main ship of the Expanse, the Rosadante. Okay. 
beautiful ship, guys. If you haven't seen The Expanse, you need to check it out just for that ship. It's a great ship. But uh, in addition to The Experience, they had or, uh, the ship, they had um, uh, Asvarala's, uh, some of her uh, costume. Okay. They also had uh, Bobby's uh, Martian Marine armor. Cool. Freaking awesome armor, guys. That stuff's always cool to see in person. Like, oh, no matter what, so like, cool. No matter what it is. It's so cool. Uh, they had a couple different helmets, and then they had a uh, 3D rendering of the UNN uh, Agatha King. You could kind of just scroll around while you were waiting in line. Cool. And then inside the experience th- itself, uh, you could get a picture taken uh, walking out from, oh, that's awesome. from the ship. And then you could uh, take a take a ride in the pilot's chair. Ooh. Oh, so how was oh, that? Yeah, it was pretty cool. They had it all mocked up for a re-entry. So oh, you, that's you, awesome. Like, shook, shook your teeth out. It was, that's awesome. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that definitely sounded cool. I mean, the expanse. I know that you hit the panel. We'll get to it a little later, but just going for the experience and like what they provided. Because I mean, there's so many shows and movies that are doing something down there to get you to come down. Yeah. So, what really made you jump out to the expanse? Well, I just love it. Um, I I know the hist like I, history. I know what it is. I've read uh, the first couple of books. I've seen I've seen the first season. I know it's disappointing. There's three out, and fourth is coming. But uh, it's just I love sci-fi, so it was it was an easy go for me. No, that's nice. I mean, like I said, just seeing the pictures, and we posted them on our Instagram page. We're gonna be posting some more later. We've been kind of holding off because we want to spread it out for the entire week because we got everybody's got so many pictures. I want to say a shout out to Amazon for making that possible for you guys oh, to get yeah. in there and check oh, yeah. that out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Amazon hooked us up, I mean, for the press badges. And when we had the press badges and said we want to come down and cover it, they were more than gracious with hooking yeah. us up with that. Oh, so yeah. shout out to them yeah. for that. They killed it. Yes. Yep. So Friday morning for me kicked off with getting some books signed, and we were kind of alluding to King and Jared's uh, Mr. Miracle got that signed. Yep. And those guys were super cool. Clay Mann was down there signing too, so I got some Batman stuff signed. I fist bumped Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh heck yeah! Uh-huh. Uh huh. I had my photo opportunity. With, I purchased to meet James Arnold Taylor because yes, Paul Rudd was there. Yes, Tom Hiddleston was there. Yes, Lando Calrissian was there. But for me. I had to get a photo with James Arnold Taylor. And for those who don't know, if you watch Fox Animation on Sunday, he's the guy who does the commercials for that. You know, Sunday on Fox, he, he does all those. He did Tetis in Final Fantasy X, Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow in Kingdom Hearts 2, which, <laughs> funny story with that one later. But I got a photo with him, and I, you know, I get, there wasn't a lot of people in line, so I got the chance to, like, hey, how are you? Got the photo taken, and I was like, I, this is my shot. I said, hey. Thank you for everything you've done over the years. You've been on a lot of stuff I love, and I just appreciate all of it. And he goes, oh, hey, no, thank you, man. And then he fist-bumped me. So that's, I got to, that's I, awesome. I got to fist-bump that's Obi-Wan cool. Kenobi. Yeah, that's, that's the cool. one cool thing about going to get autographs and, and when you go uh, get you know photography done with the celebrities there. Yeah. It's always cool just to give the thank yous. Like when I went to go see Tom King, and yeah. like I marked out. Because I'm just, I told him, I was like, I'm so excited about New Gods since Mr. Miracle is great. And the one thing which we talked about last episode, too. If you go meet Tom King, you can't smile during mm-hmm. your photo. You have to mean mug. This is a requirement. Well, and it was funny. You were telling him how excited you were for New Gods, and he goes, oh, yeah, writing that now. He goes, yeah, if you see me in a, in a fluster on Twitter, just know that I'm uh, running up against a deadline and have to meet it. Yeah, but I have full faith in this movie. Like, oh, I, yeah. I am so excited. And I was just happy to just say thank you, just how much I love the book, like I was telling him and Mitch. And I'm like, this has been so good that I, I can't recommend it enough. And just going down there, meeting those guys and just saying thank you. I mean, that's like something for me is always cool, just to see mm-hmm. creators. Like this year, I actually didn't have anything for Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo to sign. Right. Which was actually like the first time in six years. Which, uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. But don't worry, next year I will be definitely back with The Last Night on Earth. So trust me, <laughs> they thought they got rid of me. <laughs> just wait. 
But after this, so Pat and I had to get our autographs done, and yep. everybody's kind of splintering off and doing their own thing. Pat and I wound up at the DC Nation panel. Right, and this is the one we previewed last week. That like The description of it on the website was very vague, just talking about the legacy and the history and you know, spend some time with the voices behind these incredible stories. And we're like, that's really vague. And then you add to it, they announced on Wednesday night or Thursday night, I forget which, that Jim Lee was going to be there. And we're like, all right, A, you're very vague on the panel and what it is. B, you're bringing in Jim Lee. Like, what is this going to be about? Yeah, and they just kind of were just breaking down the creative process and just going into, you know, what makes DC DC. And they gave Tom King and Jim Lee a sketch pad and told them to start drawing, which is a very dangerous thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's an awesome fan moment because somebody was winning that, I think, for questions. Yeah. And it was just very cool just to hear them break down the the process of books and just, you know, how they like how Tom King came over from Marvel a little bit and just breaking that down. And and that's always a great story. And and he's always amazing on panels. Oh, yeah. No, it was funny. Like the, the. Whoever was the gentleman who was moderating the panel. Thank you. Dandy Ido said that, oh, we're going to give, you know, a a sketch pad to Jim Lee and a sketch pad to Tom King. And whoever we feel asks the best question is going to get to pick which one they get. And then somebody else will get the other one. And somebody nudged Tom King like, hey, you're going to have to do some drawing. And like they nudged him and and Tom King completely missed what he said. And he goes, wait, I'm going to have to do what now? Yeah. Dandy Ido was absolutely crushing it. And and he always has such great energy, too, for the Uh panels, too, that. When you give Tom King, which we're worrying about, like f bombs getting thrown. I mean, wasn't oh, there a my counter? Lord, yeah. There, if, if you watch professional wrestling and, and you know how uh, Paul Heyman does the counting for uh, Brock Lesnar suplexes, there, I was doing much of the same thing for Tom King f bombs. Like, at, <laughs> like at one point there was eleven in the span of like two and a half minutes. That's yeah. wild. Oh, it, oh, he's a potty mouth. Yeah, it was absolutely wild, but it was just such a fun atmosphere to go yeah. to. And then, like I say, that's the best thing about going to panels because you're around your fellow fans, everybody's there for the same interest, and when you really have one that's like rocking yeah. and definitely with high energy in it, yeah. it makes it so much better. And we actually had to duck out of this because I had to go to the first of many, many Marvel panels. Mm-hmm. Marvel absolutely, in my opinion, won New York Comic Con. Yeah without question oh yeah oh yeah they absolutely crushed it and i actually wound up going to the cup of joe panel Mm -hmm. and that one if you've never been to cup of joe i recommend going to it as joe casada having a one-on-one conversation it's kind of like that's what it's turned into sure and a couple years ago he had charlie cox on from daredevil so this year was kind of a surprise guest and went in and you know i'm in the front row and i'm just like okay who's he bringing out and who does he bring out the man the myth the legend Vincent D'Onofrio, the kingpin himself, All right, which he was amazing, just the stories he was telling and just, you know, breaking down like how he got into acting and full metal jacket and just, you know, his love for Marvel comics and and just to kind of have like the intimate conversation and to really, you know, see a side of him that you don't really see. It was just awesome to just be around and really just making, you know, you feel like, okay. I'm sitting here watching this happen, and I don't know what to do. Like mm-hmm. this is just like mind bending to see like somebody that I've been such a big fan of for over the years just go up there and just you know really break down his story and and just how he got involved in and stuff. It is just absolutely so cool to see. Right. That I was just like, you know what? This always makes for an interesting panel because you never really kind of know what's going on there. Yeah. And just to see just the one on one, which I mean, Joe Casado was keeping that interview going. And definitely had so much of a, a good vibe to it. Right. And obviously, it was like kicking off Marvel. Like I said, Marvel had awesome panels this weekend. Oh, yeah. I didn't get a chance to make it to the This Week in Marvel one, but I got to everybody else. And that was, like I said, Marvel puts on a hell of a show. Mm-hmm. So going from there, yep. 
This is where everybody kind of had a little split going on. So I'm yeah. going to break down everybody else first before I get sure. what happened on on, sure. on Friday. Starting with Pat? Sure. So after uh, I, I split off from you, I went to back to the main stage for my you know second most anticipated panel. My most anticipated panel wasn't until Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one was the Twisted Tunes panel. Of course, this is the one where you get the voice actors for cartoons and such on stage reading from a movie script. And of course, this year, since it's the 80th anniversary of Batman, uh, Jeff Zanini, who runs Twisted Tunes and is pr- probably is and is the brainchild behind it, I don't know how hard he worked, but he said he worked real hard to get this one. I got to imagine Warner Brothers was a little hesitant to give him the script on this one. Uh, he did The Dark Knight, of course, the oh, classic Christopher Nolan film. And my God, was this hilarious. You, Of course, you had uh, James Arnold Taylor, who I mentioned on the panel. Uh, Tom Kenny, of course, you know, the mayor of Townsville from Powerpuff Girls. SpongeBob, among a host of other uh, voices. Uh, SNL OG Lorraine Newman was there. Uh, you had the the video game voice queen Jennifer Hale was there. So just you had a very vast collection of voices, and it was just absolutely hilarious. The video will be posted on their YouTube account at some point. So just go out and search Twisted Tunes. That's with a Z on the end on YouTube, and you will be able to find it. Uh, I cannot recommend you watch this enough because the funniest moment. I'm a little bit of a spoiler. The funniest moment for me was you know not when spongebob did joe girl and admittedly that was absolutely hilarious they had spongebob do the joker scene with the pencil and everything else absolutely hilarious no the funniest part had to be when they later in the movie where they had jennifer hale voice the joker as cinderella so you've got this sweet and innocent little princess voice talking about bullets and acid it was the whole panel start to finish was just an absolute riot and i gotta say didn't know we could do it uh, James Arnold Taylor's Christopher Walken was amazing. See, that's just crazy to think about. Like, you know, when you hear all these voice actors do their incredible talents, mm-hmm. and then they get a different script and how they flip it 180 yeah. and just really go off the rails with it. Uh huh. I mean, it's just so the voice cool. actors are awesome. Yeah, they yeah. are. Like, they can kill it. Yeah. Yeah, and Twisted Tunes definitely brings it every time. I mean, mm-hmm. I heard rumor that they're thinking about doing The Room next year. Oh, God. Oof. That'd, I, be, that'd be funny. It'll be funny. I will not be in attendance for that. I'd go for that. I am not a fan. <laughs> depending of the on room. who, depending on who they bring that in for, I'd go for that. No, definitely not my cup of tea right there. <laughs> but Twisted Tunes, like I said, if they get something else, I might be able to swing down. But obviously, when the rest of our panel was there, mm-hmm. I broke off to go meet up with some of our fellow podcasters. Now, Ryan came with me for got, the first time. I got dragged along. Oh, you got dragged along. Well, I said, "Well, I'm going," and he's like, "Well, I'm not going Twisted Tunes, so I'll go with you." Yeah. So. Joey from So Wizard, shout out to everybody at So Wizard, um, put together a podcast meetup yep. upstairs by the cosplay area. And, I mean, there has been so many great podcasts that we got a chance to bump into throughout the weekend. And, I mean, obviously meeting everybody from Superhero Speak, Cult 45 podcast, Ghost of the Stratosphere, and, I mean, obviously we said So Wizard, and Pint of Comics to see – was an awesome time, just like for everybody that we interact with on Twitter, and have been. It was very humbling to go and meet everybody. Yeah, like for me, and I know Ryan got up there, and he's just like, I was fish out of water. Yeah, man. he was a complete fish out of water because he's just first time he's doing the street team, and he's just like, but to see the reaction, just going and meeting everybody, and everybody's yeah. so cool, everybody's so nice, and just interacting, and and then I, Ken got distracted. I got distracted because Lou from Pina Comics, and shout out to uh, John too as well. I tweet with Lou every week about wrestling. So if you go on ODPH Twitter, 
every Monday, every well, it was on Tuesday for SmackDown. Lou and I are going back and forth for like two hours. And the fact he was there, I was like, yeah. And I think Ryan knew, like, the minute, because I, I told him, I said, walking up, I said, you know, if Lou is here and we're talking wrestling, I said, we're probably going to be here all day. Yep. I'm just giving you fair warning. Yep. See so, Lou. It was like a 45-minute conversation. Easy. We hit the ground running. Easy. Yeah. But we have a very cool photo that, I mean, Soul Wizard was nice enough to get everybody lined up. They've been sharing. Pina Comics has been sharing. Everybody else has been really uh, sharing around the net. It's like the class picture almost. Yeah. That was such a cool experience. And meeting, like I said, John and everybody else from, um, you know, goes to the Stratosphere. They were awesome. Superhero Speak. They were great. So Wizard, I mean, like I said, I, these are all shows that I listen to regularly. And I'm so happy, like, to meet them. And it was just very, it was a cool and humbling experience. And then, like I said, the minute the wrestling talk happened, it was like time went out the window. In fact, we were having such a good conversation with Pina Comics and Ghost of Stratosphere because by we this time missed Watchmen. We were we were late for Watchmen yep. and did not get a chance to get in. Yep, yep. Which I own, and you know what? I would not trade that experience to go That's for, fair. for nothing. Like That's for fair. for me, like you know, I know like Ryan, you haven't seen it because I like I said I was going to try dragging John down, but John took off. Him and Brian went to a couple different panels. Yep. I think what was the primal panel? Primal panel. Primal, yeah, they that said one. It, they looks, it looks really cool. I think they also went to the robot chicken one as well. Yes. Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. They, uh, they <laughs> Which, I mean, we're, I can't summar- summarize it like they probably could, but uh, just if, if there's a robot chicken at your uh, local comic convention. Don't bring children. Don't bring your kids. Don't, don't do don't it. Don't bring your kids. Like just that should That should be obvious, but It's hey, on adult swim. Don't it needs bring to be, children. It needs to be said. It's like when those ki- those parents were upset when they brought their kids to see Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's an, it's a superhero movie, sure, but it still has an R rating. Well, so yeah, it's it's like, a portion of Cartoon Network for those who don't know that is on from like ten o'clock or eleven o'clock on through like throughout the yeah. night. It's like prime time for yeah, it's cartoons. It, yeah, so don't bring your kids. No, no it definitely was not kid friendly for that. And no. like I said, we were we missed Watchmen, which like I said, I heard it was pretty good though. I the temp in the room was the episode was really good. Yeah, the thing I read, because I know we were kind of curious what people were thinking, and I was looking at some of the hashtags on Twitter that night. Uh, I know, you know, the one thing I read that was kind of encouraging was that, you know, it pay, you know, it's in the same voice as the original comic, but it's also in such a way that, like, if you've never read anything, if you've not seen the movie, you are good to go into this cold. Yeah, which is going to be interesting to see when it comes out on October twentieth. That'll that'll be good because I haven't. Yeah. I, I've seen the Watchmen movie. I, I enjoyed it immensely, but I haven't read any of the comics. So, well, the comic I, is pretty much the movie. Cool. Like it's just, cool. it, but you, I recommend to everybody read Watchmen mm-hmm. once. Yeah, yeah. Just read it once. Well, be, I mean, I'm a big fan of like read the source material, then watch the thing, and then watch any other thing that comes off of that. Yeah, because. Alan Moore's masterpiece is yeah. is just that. It's a yeah. masterpiece. But honestly, if I had the chance to go to Watchmen or meet up with Superhero Speak, Cult 45, Ghost of the Stratosphere, So Wizard, Pina Comics, I'll go meet my podcasters. And, right and I'll catch up with everybody else. So I probably ruined Ryan's Friday night, but eh, you know, it wasn't that bad. It, it's all right because you, you got to you got to see me do a rare moment, which I thought I was getting kicked out because yeah. I was like, yeah, because I did like the Thor yes yell when I saw everybody. So yeah, I'm that guy. Deal with it. So going in with that, I mean, we kind of walked around the sales floor, but that is not how we closed out Friday night. No, and before we closed out Friday night, I went to the Marvel Comics Next Big That's Thing right. panel. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, this was the one that was with a big one like Marvel, what's coming next? What are they doing? Of course, it was uh, moderated by Editor-in-Chief C.B. Cebulski. Uh, Donnie Cates was on the panel. Al Ewing, Nick Klein, and Dan Slott were all on the panel. And my goodness... There was a lot they unveiled with this panel. Break it down. So the first thing they let off with is coming at the end of the year is a comic or series of comics. They 
Sure, exactly. Clear on that. Uh, titled Incoming. Now, it's a look back at what's come from this year and kind of a preview of what's to come uh, in the next following year. They, I think they said it's going to be around 80 pages or so. But it, it's written by it, everybody who is you know on a comic will be contributing to this in some way. Uh, they showed off a cover which has been around around on the internet. It's the white silhouetted body. One will unite them, and kind of like if you haven't figured out who it is now, you will when this comic comes out. Yuck, yuck. You know <laughs> they showed off some covers for it. Uh, one of them was it said a they said it's going to be like a murder mystery oh, type okay. thing. That's so cool. Yes, well, yeah. So they had the one uh, cover they showed off. It's like a it's like a puzzle piece, but in the cover you see the Fantastic Four with Tony Stark, and uh, it looks like they're in some sort of like hospital room where there's a bed and there's a body covered up in a white sheet in oh. it. Uh, you get to the middle panel and it has Xavier, uh, Magneto, and Apocalypse all standing there, and it says a deadly alliance. Which oh. yeah, that's a deadly alliance. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then you get to the third one, and it's a glimpse of eternity. And it, you know, it's kind of hard to make anything out. There's just some red. There's just some faces around the side of it, and that's coming out uh, on December 26th. It looks like this year. They have so much cool stuff coming out. I mean, that was one panel I wanted to get to, but by the time obviously we were trying to wait in line for Watchmen and see what was going on there, we didn't get a chance to get down there because that panel was going on, mm-hmm. and there was so much news coming out, especially with Donnie Cates and Thor. Yeah, so Donnie Cates, uh, he, you know, they were, it was fun. They were funny. They were going through, it and Donnie Cates was talking about Silver Surfer Black and kind of the fun he's been having with that. Uh, and he then mentioned that Guardians of the Galaxy uh, issue ten, or excuse me, no, twelve is going to be the last one he is on. Uh, they gave a preview of uh guardians of the galaxy issue 10 which if you're a fan of rocket i'm not going to recommend you read oh no yeah uh they showed off the cover it is Groot standing over a grave that says here lies rocket raccoon guardian no more no don't worry when uh don't worry when al ewing takes over guardians of the galaxy issue one he's alive (laughs) yeah so you ain't gotta wait long all right cool yeah so then they went and they talked about absolute carnage and kind of the stuff that's been going on with that just how nutty and crazy it is and just how much fun it is and he thanked a lot everybody for like really because he didn't think something like that would be as well embraced as it has been but he thanked everybody for that and you've been reading that too no yeah that that, listen What's Absolute Carnage about? Uh, Absolute Carnage. All you need to know is is uh, Hulk has has Carnage. Oh, awesome! Then Hulk, Just like amazing, Hulk, then. is Carnage. That'd be cool. Yeah, what they've Just been awesome. What they've been? Or, no, excuse me. Hulk is Venom. Yeah, what they've Hulk been? Hulk is Venom. Yeah, yeah, Venom is on Hulk right now. But where's Carnage? Carnage is off doing his own things, trying to rule the entire world. Oh. Yeah, they've been really Universe. retooling the entire Venom um, origin. Yeah, and mm. have really made it grand scale. Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's nuts. It's like Donny Kate's take on this has been like insane. Mm-hmm. Just okay. like, and now it's it's tying into different events in the Marvel universe, right? Which is just like you're you're talking about playing long game. Yeah, like where he's tying everything into is like now affecting multiple heroes, and okay. with absolute carnage, they've brought carnage back, and it's, mm-hmm. it's about the symbiote god Null, and just just the insanity that's going on there oh, because yeah. you're seeing like Miles Morales was getting infected with the yeah. carnage at one wow. point, yeah, and now it's like a Venom Hulk is happening. It, it was ba- it was bad enough that he, uh, you know, in the, in the first issue, Carnage and Venom fought. Carnage one punched Venom and knocked him out. Wow. Yeah. Like, it, it's nuts. It, it's just a remarkable event that's going on because it's getting overshadowed by another event we'll get into a little later yeah. in the next segment. Yeah. But it's been an absolute insane ride. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're into Spider Man or Venom, this is a book you need to be reading. If you're not yeah. reading it, like, 
you got to step up on it. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> the, of course, then they mentioned that everything with Absolute Carnage. You know, he said that uh, Absolute Carnage is the first of like a three act story. Uh, he said that after the events of Absolute Carnage, it's going to lead into uh, Venom Island, which has got a really creepy looking cover. I'm just gonna say, uh, previewed a little bit of that without giving too many details away. Uh, but after and then after that, they meant they talked about uh, Tony Stark and all the fun that has been going on over in there. But then they led into kind of the thing that got teased right before Con started, and it was that image of a, a grave saying here lies you know tony stark iron man rest in peace with uh you know a weird looking iron man suit although to long-running uh, marvel fans looks a little familiar ken who is it that is his long lost brother arno mm-hmm. oh. that it the i've always remember seeing this and and just way back when the suit has like huge metal spikes on it yeah it's like gears like, you'd see in a clock yeah oh, okay. and like i haven't seen this costume in a while and like i had to actually do some research research because like i said it's been a while i think he said it's been the 80s since he's been in the comics dan slot said yeah oh. and like dan slot's run right now has just been you know really interesting just like the places he's going with the character and i'm just gonna say he was talking about this you know iron man 2020 you know number one which is coming out in january 2020 he like the entire time he was talking about this and just some of the stuff he was going to do in this he was laughing maniacally <laughs> yeah he's gonna have so much fun with this cool. yeah like he is just really so what is he just like evil iron man i or is that too too like he's like simple of a it's kind of too simple to say it it's just really I'm, I'm trying to think like he's just got different motivations right then you're then than tony but arno has has been around and it's you know just you know kind of really kind of hard to explain. It's just he's a yeah. different motivating motivational cat. He's real evil. Yeah, he's he's real evil and like obviously with the with the changes they've done with Tony's uh, family over the years when when Bendis was on the book, um, it's just kind of really crazy. I'm showing oh, Ryan cool. right now a picture as we are recording. So you know obviously his motivations are a little different. He's and he's not the same old Tony, but. You know, when Arno gets going on this book, it's going to be an interesting take, mm-hmm. no matter how you want to break it down. And I like it that they're willing to take a shot with it because, mm-hmm. I mean, this doesn't really feel forced. You know, like sometimes when they do re-ups, it, it's like, okay, we're just going to really kind of push this through. No, this one is just a really interesting take on this. And with Arno and just the history he's had in the comics, and like I said, he's just a very interesting character. Yeah. To see Dan Slott's version of him is going to be kind of wild. Yeah. After that, uh, they switched over to Al Ewing, who talked a little bit about uh, Immortal Hulk. And listen, all I got to say about that is it's going to get even more weird. It's going to get even more wild and out of control. Uh, They previewed an upcoming issue, uh, issue number 29, where it featured Hulk in Phoenix, Arizona, fighting a kaiju, a giant monster. Uh, Yes. And if you... uh, Understand how Hulk does with not destroying things. Him fighting a uh, kaiju. Yeah, Al Ewing just basically came out and said it. Phoenix ain't going to make it out of that. No. He's going to destroy Phoenix. No. Hulk fighting a kaiju. Uh Uh-huh. Take my money now. Yeah. Yeah. That'll that'll be cool. Like, I don't need that much motivation. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, and they were showing off some of the covers, which were by the famous Alex Ross, and and that kind of led them, you know, oh, 25 years of Alex Ross, and yada, yada. And then they announced that uh, Marvel's X number one is coming in January 2020 by uh, Alex Ross. So break that down for us. That was something real interesting and, and something unexpected. You know, it, the art style is very much in the same. It's kind of like the old 70s or 80s style. They didn't really give too much away about it. It was definitely one of those things that like people were excited for. They, sh- they showed off some previews for the, some covers for it, you know, but nothing too crazy about it. 
after that, they switched to Fantastic Four by Dan Slott and kind of the stuff that's been going on with that. And, and kind of one of the things that, like, you know, they named the planet that the Fantastic Four were originally going to go to but didn't get to it. Mm-hmm. They named it, and they were talking about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And just how much fun that's been and kind of giving a little bit of hints and previews about what's coming forward with that. Again, not giving away too much. Uh, they talked to Al Ewing about Valkyrie with, you know, Jeff, uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie and everything that's been going on with that. Uh, there's a horse in an apartment because, well, they want uh, Jason Aaron wanted to have a horse in the apartment. And the entire time he's like, listen, the horse is in the apartment. Horse is in the apartment. Like the ho- like they showed off the panel. The horse is in the apartment. It's it's weird. It's wild. It looks absolutely awesome. Uh, after they, sh- they showed off some of that, some of that, and then some of the uh, covers upcoming with King Thor. But the big news is that because Donny Cates is getting done with Guardians of the Galaxy, what's he doing now? And it was weird because the way he was talking about it almost made it sound like he was leaving mm-hmm. because he talked about how much of an honor it's been, and one of the things he always wanted to do with it was write Venom. And I'm like, is he about to say he's leaving after the end of next year? No. Donny Cates is not leaving. He's taking over Thor. Ooh. Which is exciting. Donny Cates is one of Marvel's biggest writers right now. Him yeah. and Al Ewing are like writing everything right now. Uh-huh. And they're freaking killing it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The thing uh, Donny Cates said that he, you know, he's going to make every issue like an event, that it's going to be the biggest thing, you know, each week, every time it comes out that is going on in Marvel. You know, so that was, and the cool thing was C.B. Sabolsky gave him a Thor pin to put on. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, he's got big shoes to fill. Jason Aaron's run is legendary. Mm-hmm. And especially they're going to be tying in elements of it with the new Thor movie, Love and Thunder, coming out. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, because... Well, pretty much anything from uh, Phase 4. Right? Yeah. Well, Phase 4, like, we, we talked about this on the Robocon panel a little bit. Yeah. That, like, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of waiting and seeing. Like, the Thor thing, I think, is going to be cool because yeah. I, I know the source material. Mm-hmm. And I think if they follow that, that's going to be a great story. And I think they're going to really do some stuff with it. Some of the like stuff in Phase Four, I'm just kind of like, okay, let me wait and see. Sure, yeah, like I'm more excited for the Disney Plus stuff, to be honest with you. I mean, Mandalorian for me. Well, yeah, yeah but that's you know a different universe. But yeah, for for Marvel I mean, Phase Four, yeah, Fal- yeah, yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, 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 all day, every day, and Hawkeye Matt Fraction run. <laughs> I know I'm getting sidetracked because fair enough, fair enough. because Marvel, like I said, Marvel hit so much stuff at D23 for Disney Plus to see them really establish the comics. And I know we've been yeah. critical about this on the show before. Yeah. That Marvel is under CB's wing has really been like really focusing back on the stories and then creators run with it. That yeah. They're no longer being considered like a comic company that makes movies or a movie company that makes yeah. comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're now a comic company that's making movies and comics. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, which I love seeing again because, like I said, I, I'm more of a Marvel guy than I'm a DC, which, yeah. like I said, new I'm listeners insane. of the show are like, wait, really? You talk about Batman all the time. Yeah. I mean, no. it's Batman, though. Well, it's Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo's Batman, and Tom King's Batman. Yeah. Right. We, we we can go. That's another episode. <laughs> that might be a Patreon episode we might start doing. I don't know. <laughs> but to see Marvel really take the step back and really just make this so creator-friendly and really see the takes they're doing and Every team that's lined up is going to be interesting. Like I said, Arno Stark, I, there's been different versions of him throughout the years. Yeah. The one that's in the comic, though, because like I said, they they retweaked Tony's origin. Right. This one, I'm kind of waiting to see how it's going to be. And I don't think it's going to be the same Tony that we're used to. Right. But the armor I've seen before, because it's like an alternate realities armor. Yeah. And, and it's a different story because like some of the history of Iron Man is not exactly as you see in the MCU. Right. Sure. Like the comics really went some different places. Not yeah. saying it was bad, but it was just different stories and sure. different telling. So sure. to see how they're going to tie this in dance slot, I'm very interested. Oh yeah. 
to see how they wrap this up. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, we, of course, we closed out Friday with a screening, the world premiere screening of the newest uh, DC animated film, Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Ooh. Now, Breon from our street team was there, I think, two hours early. Like, he was uh, at he, least. He was excited. He was amped up he for this. Excited. And, what, Ryan, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, I haven't seen an animated uh, superhero movie in years. Right. Since I was a kid. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Iron Man came out, and then it was like MCU all the way. Well, the thing I can tell you with, you know, you saw this. I would say not all of them, because there have been some bad DC animated films. Yeah, I mean, Superman Doomsday comes to mind. Mike, you don't even get me going on that. (laughs) But from, I would say, you know, if you look up a a timeline or a release of, like, DC animated films, I would say from the point of, like, Justice League War... Yeah, on. I've seen a lot. Of, like, so like from like from that point on, it's kind of like they're in the. This is in the same vein of those. Yeah, and they've been. I mean, absolutely be, great. Being friends with the Rhodes brothers for as long as I have, like DC movies were a thing when we were yeah. when when we were in middle school and high yeah. school. We we watched those all the time. Oh yeah, but then like like I said, Iron Man came out and the oh, MCU yeah. started to kick really kick off. Yeah, and it was just. Yeah, no, but like the, a rocket ship. The film was actually was actually really enjoyable. I know one of the things I said on last week's show, you know, was they had of course had a preview for this on the uh, Blu-ray DVD release of the last animated film, Hush, which mm-hmm. they do for all of their films. Like they're just constantly cranking these things out. Yeah, and and there was like a 10, 11 minute feature, and they were showing some clips. And one of the things that I was kind of wondering about was there was a lot of scenes in there that reminded me of the. Uh, uh, the live action film with Gal Gadot okay. where Steve Trevor crashes on the island and yep. she takes the thing. And I'm like, how is this going to work? We just saw this like two years ago. Yeah. How is it? actually, for me, it worked really well. It worked pretty good. Yeah. Given the story and given what was being told, you know, it, it, you know, the beginning of the film, you know, without giving spoilers away, jumped to before, you know, justice league war and all this kind of like new, you know, whatever. And then it kind of like, all right, we're giving you the backstory and here you go. Yep. It made, made yeah. total sense for me, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, DC has been killing with their animated shows, mm-hmm. and, and for Wonder Woman, they always have though. I mean, not always because well, Jay not, said there's been a couple. Of, there's been a couple hit. Messes. There's there's been a couple but for the but, most part. Their animated stuff yeah. has been like yeah on point. Yeah, it's been really awesome to see, and obviously with Wonder Woman. We really didn't know what to expect. Like I, I had an idea going into it, but I thought it was very good. Yeah, and I, I yeah, really like. Yeah. yeah, I really like what they're doing. I mean, they're coming off Batman Hush, which was great. Oh yeah. So obviously DC's on a roll right now. So yeah, all their animated stuff is definitely worth checking out. Yeah. You should sign up for the DC Universe. Yes. You can see all of this on there. I'll give them a shameless plug because hopefully one day we'll get sponsorship. <laughs> but until then, they closed out Friday the right way. And that yeah. panel, for being Definitely. as late as it was, and like Pad was alluding to, we were there. Friday morning, like by eight o'clock. Well, mm-hmm. we left where we were staying at like nine o'clock or so. Doors opened at ten a.m. We were all in the building at ten a.m. Yeah, we did not leave until nine fifteen or nine thirty. I think the street crew got in a little later than you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah catch a ferry. 10, right, 15, yeah, ten fifteen or so. But right, still, we like, did we didn't leave until nine fifteen nine thirty. Yeah, we didn't get yeah. So but, it was almost a twelve hour day. Yeah. yeah, but that was had to be the best day for con for me. Like I said, the fact it was a pretty good day. Yeah, the fact that I got to meet all the the fellow podcasts and I'll shout them out again. And if you're not listening to them, you definitely need to go subscribe to everybody. Pina Comics, Ghost of the Stratosphere, Superhero Speak, Cult Forty Five Podcast, and So Wizard. Everybody's doing some commentary about uh, New York Comic Con, so definitely check out everybody's coverage. In fact, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear Ghost of the Stratosphere's promo, 
as we're going to break, but definitely keep the conversation going on. Hashtag ODPH, the social media accounts. We definitely want to interact about what was your favorite things from Thursday and Friday and New York Comic Con overall. We definitely want to know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews. And why, why are you stopping me? Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. New shows posted every Tuesday with bonus shows every first Friday of the month. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com Hope to see you soon, folks. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for the third segment of our New York Comic-Con recap on the ODPH podcast. We broke down Thursday, which was a great day. Friday, which is even more crazy day, but, uh-huh. man, such a good day. And then Saturday, to close it out for us, yep. was starting early again. Like I said, we were down there super early. Yeah. I think every yep. day was, like, just earlier and earlier for yes. us. Yeah. But I think uh, the street crew got there at, like, quarter of 10. I would have to say, like, for us, like, we were up super early. Yeah, Pad, we were there Pad right when doors made. opened. Yeah, yeah, we were there. Totally, like, yeah. yeah, and just obviously with Saturday, this had to be one of the first years in recent memory that, like, the 10 o'clock panels they were from top killer. to bottom were, like, stacked. Yeah. Stacked. And it was, like, yeah. insane because I know there was the Angel 20th anniversary the going on. Angel 20th anniversary was going on. You had the Amazon, Jack Ryan, and Expanse panel going on. You had the first of two Walking Dead panels going on. So it's, like... God help you if you're a fan of all three of those because yeah. you got to. It's like picking a favorite kid. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. But for me, I decided to kick it off. I went to the DC Year of the Villain panel. Okay. Now, like I said, for me, when we talk New York Comic Con, what's the keyword that stands out? Comic. Comic. Yep. And that's where you'll usually find me if you're looking for me. <laughs> and uh, there was so much news going on. And when I heard Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo were going to be on a panel, I was like, okay. You, <laughs> As if you needed any more. Like, I don't need any more motivation. But, I mean, this one had a lot of different writers and artists coming on. And, I mean, James Tynu just took over for Batman. Yep. And what he's going to be doing with the book, I'm super excited. And they were just really breaking down what the year of the villain is all about. And if you've been following ju- their Justice League run, I mean, it has been... Trying to put it into words mm-hmm. is tough because it has just been this multi-layered, like Saturday morning cartoon explosion sure. of just grand and epic events that have just been like what you want to see out of a Justice League film. Because you figure if this team is together, the stakes have to be 
that high. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be just fighting the random criminals that you know Batman usually beats up on a right. Thursday. Yeah, you know, in between you know gas stops. Right. This is where <laughs> you see that they've been building towards this from the jump. I mean, this has been Justice League to the Batman who laughs and to Batman Superman. Like this is like where everything has been going to. Sure. In mm-hmm. the direction I mean, from Dark Knight's Metal, like they've been tying in so much going on with playing this. the long game. Yeah, and when you see the Justice League War is now starting. And this is just when, as they were breaking down, like Scott Snyder was breaking down on the panel, and um, James Tynan, too, is like, Luthor now has basically figured out a way to reset the time and reset the world and, okay. like, for what it's supposed to be. Sure. In or, his or, eyes. Sure, or hit, like, undo. Yeah, he's... Control Z. Which yeah. he, he has his Legion of Doom, which... Although, to be fair... With as much that's been done in the DC Comics world, I'm not sure there's enough. You can't do Control Z that many times. I just Control Alt Delete. Yeah. Well, I mean, their whole timeline hard drive, hard drive wipe is very crazy, and I don't have enough time to go break it down. Like this, <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Like basically, read Crisis on Infinite Earths. If you want to read Zero Hour, read Zero Hour. Try figuring out the New Fifty Two. Yeah. And then read Doomsday Clock. And here we are. So that sums it up. But for what they've been doing, like the big scale event and yeah. like how they're tying in the source wall and they're tying in all these different elements like for all DC's history. Like I said, what they've been weaving over in Justice League is truly remarkable. Yeah. And like yeah. I I'm trying to wrap my head around a lot of it is just like, where are we going with this? And now we kind of have the plan because mm-hmm. now Luthor has everything he needs to make this happen to reset the timeline and, and where he, he thinks everything should be at. And our heroes now are like going all through the time stream mm. to basically get the same items he has to unlock the source wall to make sure that it stays locked. Oh, okay. and, this, and like okay. I said, they're jumping all over the timeline for this. Hmm. And where they're going to set up is basically tying into kind of where they're going with the big year of the villain. Because during this time that they've been tying in the Batman who laughs and what they've just spun out with the new Batman Superman book and how he is now converting people that have been notoriously good yeah. into the dark side and yeah. like, you know, the their evil versions and he's basically been forming his own evil Justice League. Yeah. Which, uh, to see how the character of the Batman who laughs, my only c- thing I don't like about it is his name. Sure. I can't stand the name. Batman who laughs? Yeah, it's just like... I wish they should have just kept it... They should... Bat who laughs, or, or, bat or who even laughs. something different, like just yeah. make it like one word or two yeah. words. But yeah. it's just I like, yeah, I mean, but the character, I mean, to see how it came out of Dark Knight's Metal and how it's arguably one of the most popular villains in most recent mm. years, and just visually, like, just creepy. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, if you've never seen a picture, I will hold one up as soon as I'm done reading my notes on this. It is just truly remarkable to see how this character is just evolved and yeah. where it started and just how dark the character is and w- the biggest thing which we've seen on all the promotional art is Pat who is the one hero that he has corrupted that you thought probably would never be corrupted uh, Shazam yeah oh shit Billy Bats yeah they make Shazam into yeah. an evil Shazam yeah. which I mean weird. which they which they explain too in the in the panel is really a fascinating breakdown of well how and even the comic that they do it in is wild because you know Batman thinks it's it's you know his son. It's it's Damien. And he goes, oh, you think I'm Damien? No, my name is Billy. And that's when you go, oh crap. Yeah, because Shazam yeah. is arguably the most purest hero. Yeah. Of the DCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to see that now the Batman who laughs now has him under his control. 
is frightening if you really want to break it down like grand scale. Oh yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, but it was like, oh crap! Like, where are we yeah. going with this? Because the fallout from this is they're now doing the Justice League War. So yep. you're having Legion of Doom versus Justice League. Mm-hmm. Waiting in the wings is the Batman who laughs with his team. Oh. And what they announced is they're going to be having a new event called Hell Arisen coming, and it's basically Team Luthor versus Team Batman who laughs. Uh oh. And this looks absolutely crazy. Hmm. And I love how, like, Scott Snyder, he, I'm going to paraphrase something he said, is about making the books matter because we as fans pay so much for him mm-hmm. that every book that he that they're doing with DC, they want us to make it feel like it is definitely worth all the money we're giving and then some. Mm-hmm. And I love that statement yeah. because comics have definitely evolved in price and quality. Yeah. And it is what it is. It's just it changes with yeah. the times. Right. It's very tough to collect when books are three, four, yeah. five dollars yeah. going and, yeah. and upward and upward. But I love it that the creators are taking that stance. Like if you're giving us your money mm-hmm. for a single issue, we're gonna make sure that it's worth that and so much more. Yeah. And I love that stance. That's really cool. Yeah. So everything they were showing about this looked awesome i mean they're showing some covers and just where they're going with it and basically it was flat out said november the villains win oh so Uh everything in the dcu is gonna flip on its axis (laughs) in november this panel was awesome to go to and just hearing like all the creators break it down and like i loved how the flash was getting broken down on this too and this is where i was kind of tying into where they're mentioning about captain cold and the take they did because when um he was on suicide squad they said that that moment really changed him. And right. I mean, when, when Josh Williamson was talking about that, he was saying that his really changed his dynamic and perspective. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the Suicide Squad is a different world. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, you've seen the movie. The movie is going to be a lot different than how the comic is. Oh, the yeah. comic is a lot darker. Yeah. I mean, if you read the, the great stuff in the 80s, yeah. it is not... <laughs> Is it's not what you would say a happy book by any means. <laughs> so to see Captain Cole take his perspective and what he's always done, and he's always been about his team first and in the sure. rogues gallery, and this is what makes him such a compelling villain to Flash. To see how he's spinning, spinning out of this and where they're going to go with him and Flash and when the rogues take over, that's going to be something to see. Yeah. And just that weird dynamic that they have. And, mm-hmm. you know, the and it was such a cool story what they were telling about this too. I can't wait to read that. Like, I'm actually really pumped up about that. I think more so than the other books that were mentioned. No disrespect to them because they all were sounding good, too, from Batgirl to obviously what they're doing Justice League and just moving forward with it, too. I mean, it definitely is something that, for me as a fan, I'm like, okay, I'm all about this. Because usually when companies do these big mammoth crossovers, it kind of gets to the point it's like, okay, you get fatigue. Yeah. I like the takes they're doing with this, but obviously with our DC heroes, which, I mean, they're so iconic in their own rights. Mm -hmm. I mean, we think Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. In comparison to Marvel, which Marvel is so more grounded, and, you know, it's almost like one city, one universe, and everybody's, like, connected, and they're they're more, I don't want to say realistic, but somebody, I forget which panel I was at, actually said this. If you want a fictional world, read DC. If you want a real world, read Marvel. Yeah. I forget who said that. I almost, I almost want to say it was Chris Claremont at his panel. And if I'm wrong, I apologize in advance. But either way, they hit it right on the head because DC is just, you look at their heroes and see their heroes lose and to find a way to win whenever they do, if they do. This is going to be a really fun storyline. And I'm super excited to be reading about it. So obviously, You're the Villain is kicking in. And that, that's how I started my Saturday. And I was all amped up when I got out. So going from there, 
Pad? Let's say, Ryan, uh, where were you? Uh, I was at the Amazon panel. Ooh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So break yeah. that down for us. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Uh, started off with The Expanse. We got to see some really cool stuff. Uh, they showed us episode one of Ooh. the new season. Okay. All of it. It was awesome. That's, a, that's they also, great. They also presented a uh, a new trailer, which I just showed the guys in the studio. Yeah, yeah look great. Um, it, overlaying all the, the images was uh, uh, JFK's speech about going to the moon. So that Appropriate. Was, yeah. So how would you describe the expanse if, uh, if some of our listeners are not familiar? So I'll just read you the synopsis to season one. Okay. Uh, it's it's based all, – all the expanse is based off a series of novels by – uh, James S.A. Corey, I believe. Okay. Um, fantastic novels. I've read the first two. There's there's eight plus like a wow. bunch of novellas and stuff. Wow. So there's a lot of, of information. But uh, this is the synopsis for season one. Set hundreds of years in the future, after mankind has colonized the solar system, a hardened detective and a rogue ship's captain come together for what starts as a missing young woman and evolves into a race across the solar system to expose the greatest conspiracy in human history. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Season one, bit of a thriller, bit of a mystery thriller. Uh, season two is more of a political thriller. Okay. Uh, season three, how can I describe? Season three, they start, there's a, there's a bit of a war. Okay. That kind of erupts and then cools down and then. Sure stalemates for a little while sure and then uh season four looks like another mystery okay is what it's coming out to be they i don't want to for you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little spoiler uh everyone listening if you haven't seen it uh just to set up season four uh a mysterious ring gate has opened in the solar system okay and they've gone through Hmm. Mm, interesting okay yeah so it's uh it'll be exciting um, I love science fiction. So sure. the Expanse uh, was awesome to be able to go go check that out. Uh, season four will be dropping on Amazon Prime December thirteenth. Okay, there everyone you go. wants to watch it. Currently, all seasons are free for Prime members. So seasons one through three are free for Prime members. Okay. Um, it's fantastic. Each episode is like forty five minutes to an hour long. Um, it's grounded in real. "Quote unquote." Well, I mean, it's the science is the there. science is there. Yeah, it's it's Newtonian physics and all that. So like, there's no real gravity. Right, it's all thrust based gravity. Oh, okay. so there's no like the anti grav panels have shut off and now we're fl- no. It's the ship thrusts in one direction towards their destination for half the journey, mm. and then they flip, and then they thrust in the opposite direction to decelerate. Okay. Yeah. And then all of your gravity is via that thrust. Well, okay, makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely. Is, it, the trailers looked interesting. Like I said, I'm not too familiar with the show, but I mean, I know you and Brian have both been talking about it, so yeah. it's like I definitely want to go give it a shot. It's it's really cool. Uh, for the panel, they had the cast of the Rocinante, which is the main like hero ship. Okay. Okay. Um, they had uh, the actress who plays Asvarala, so she's one of the, she's the UN. Uh, general, uh, secretary general, I mm-hmm. believe is okay. her title. Um, and then they had the captain of the OPA's behemoth. The OPA's a faction in the in the world. And then who else did they? Oh, they had uh, uh, Burn Gorman, I believe. 
Uh, he's a new character for season four. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was a wild panel. It was awesome to see everything that they, they showed us. It was fantastic. Yeah, Amazon did a really nice job to at New York Comic Con. And like I said, I know I said Marvel definitely owned the con this weekend. Like they were just all over the place. In Marvel the, like, might have owned the con, but Amazon owned Saturday. In your opinion, yeah, yeah, no, in my they, opinion, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they definitely put on a great, great uh, display for everybody for you know being the fans of the show. I mean, from the Expanse experience to yeah. the yeah. panel. I mean, they yeah. crushed yeah. it. And then we didn't even get to the second half of the panel. Jack Ryan, break oh, that boy. down for us again. Season two, episode one was shown. Guys, buckle up! It's going to be a wild ride. Um, season two drops to Amazon Prime November first, so we got both a month early. There both you episodes go. Episodes a month early, so that was awesome. Um, John and John and Brian might know a little more about Jack Ryan than I do, uh, as far as like what this season is going to be about. But they did mention to me that it's got um, hints of the the uh, Harrison Ford movie Clear and Present Danger because Harrison okay. Ford was uh, Jack Ryan back in '94 for Clear okay. and Present Danger. But so they're they're getting some some vibes from that movie, sure. As far as like the the plot for season two, mm-hmm. but. Uh, See, it's it's a political thriller, um, with lots of action. Yeah. Uh, John Krasinski was there to talk about it. Uh, he's it's always good. He's exactly the future Reed Richards. Yeah. <laughs> You're not telling me you. Nobody can convince me otherwise. Uh, but uh, it both both series look awesome. The production value for both is through the roof, uh, especially for Expanse. Not not knocking Jack Ryan, but the Expanse is just the amount of production. That must go into that show is is wild. Yeah, it, it looked it. I mean, just yeah. from seeing the trailer, so it's like the main ship, the Rocinante. From what I understand, they have the entire like they've built it. Mm-hmm. Oh, like wow. it's not like separate sets. It's one huge set. Yeah. So that's got that's just gigantic. That's so like that's insane. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so crazy to think about. It's just like yeah, set. Yeah. That, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I gotta go home and binge it because I've only seen sure. the first season of Experience. But that's all you need to do. <laughs> that's all but, good. but see, that's some of the things too. Because when you when you see a show and you kind of give up on it for yeah. whatever reason, yeah. When you go to like a panel and you're like, okay, I'm kind of familiar with it, right? This is where you really jump in and you're like, okay, now I remember why I was a fan. Right. Or you go, now I remember why I stopped watching it, right? But when you have a panel like The Expanse that wins you over, mm-hmm. like they did, oh yeah. I mean, that's something that will reignite your fandom. Yes. And when you can reignite your yeah. fandom, it's always great because, I mean, that's the whole thing about going to cons because, I mean, you're surrounded by your fellow fans. You see so much yeah. that you like you were into at one point or you're into right now or mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to take a shot with this. Yeah. And then to see how it plays out, I mean, that's truly the best thing about con. Yeah. So is, is you just get experience this so much. So if you can reignite it, you know, light it on fire, man. So a couple of taglines, not taglines, Ryan lines uh, to try and win some people over. If you if you like science fiction and you lean more towards Star Trek, like kind of more hard science fiction, science uh, fiction, yeah. So like everything's grounded for the most part. Mm-hmm. You'll like the Expanse. It's grounded in reality for the most part. Yes, there is a a huge like up in the air kind of hey we screw physics kind of. They're, t- they're taking some liberties, right? But like. It's it's from a race who's vastly more developed. experienced than yeah developed than we are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you can you can kind of get away with that. 
But humanity, for the most part, is like, we strap giant rockets to our stuff and fly through space. Yeah. Like, we don't have, like, special, like, powers repulsor or anything. Yeah. fields or No, we, yeah. just, we took a giant rocket, we strapped some seats to it, and now we fly through space. And then here we go. Yeah, yep. and then here we go. And then Jack Ryan, if you like Jason Bourne, if you like James Bond, you'll like Jack Ryan. It's it's a good show. The first season was fantastic. I think I binged it all in one night. Oh, wow. it awesome. was It was great. It might have been two because they're hour-long episodes, and I think they were like, 10 or 12, so it might have, sure. been, might have been two nights. Well, within a 48-hour radius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, I I saw it come out. Like I saw it announced, and then I saw it come out, and then I watched it. And then I was like, boys, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, yeah? How was it? I was like, fantastic. Yeah, the street team so, of John, Brian, and, yeah. and you just were like all raving about yeah, this one. I, I'm excited. It's, it'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah. it definitely seems it. I mean, like I, and like I said, shout out again to Amazon. They took very good care of us as yeah. as press for New York Comic Con. So can't thank them enough for you know their kindness about that too. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it was a great way to start Saturday. Yeah. Yep. Uh, after that was for me, it was my most anticipated panel of the con. It was Netflix presents Lost in Space. Of course, they had season one come out a couple of years ago. You know, uh, back in 2018. Fantastic for season. Joint uh, they had on the uh, stage was Zach Estrin, the showrunner, and also on it was uh, more Molly Parker, who plays Maureen Robinson. You know the mother, uh, Maxwell Jenkins, who plays Will Robinson, Taylor Russell, who plays Judy Robinson, Mina Soonwall, who plays Penny Robinson, Ignacio Sergio, who plays Don West, and then Parker Posey, who plays Doctor Smith. Unfortunately, because he was busy with other things, uh, Toby Stevens, who plays John Robinson, the father, could not be there. Uh, you know they all brought him out on stage and and you know asked him how they're doing and how things are going they played a video from toby stevens who said hey sorry i can't be there you know but hey how's this for you uh season two will be available to watch on december 24th so great pre-christmas gift right there from uh, the folks yeah. at netflix it was an awesome panel you know they got to they showed a couple clips and some trailers and stuff uh the trailer they showed at comic-con is the one that they put on facebook it looks insane of course season one dealt with you know the robinson family having to leave earth because earth is dying it doesn't have much time left they go off into space to try and they find, you know, they have found another, they're trying to find another planet to live on. They land on a planet and go, oh, hey, you know what? This one's pretty good. This has got everything we need. It's the right climate. It's the right this. It's the right that. It turns out things, that's not the case. Uh, they they need to get off the planet ASAP. You know, they've, and then when they finally try to reunite with the mothership and get off and like, oh, all right, let's try this again. They get sucked into a rift and end up in another portion of the galaxy where there's five or six planets. And then all amidst that the robot is missing. So kind of the kind of the big thing you got from this upcoming season from the cast is trying to find the robot, trying to make do. They said the one thing they kept saying is that the, the scope of this is going to be much, much, much larger than it was for season one, where season one was kind of self-contained of they're on the one planet. They're just trying to get off. You know, this is going to be larger in scope because they filmed in Ireland, excuse me, Iceland. They filmed in Canada. They filmed in all these other places. That's cool. You know, it looks really cool. And then even they announced a new cast member for season two. Uh, JJ Field is joining the cast who, who plays is playing Ben Adler, who is desc- was described at the panel as a chief of advanced systems and artificial intelligence. You know, so whether his intentions are good or not, mm, who's to say? They <laughs> were kind of coy on that. But like I said, season two comes out December 24th. It's 10 episodes. 
The shortest is like 45 minutes or so. The longest is just over an hour. Mm. You got time. Yeah, you got time to definitely jump in on that. And and like I said, for Lost in Space, obviously, it's different than the TV show from way yeah. back when. And the, the take they're doing with it is very different. But I know, Pat, you've been raving about this ever oh, since yeah. it came out. Oh, it, yeah. It's a great you know take on the show. And even at the panel, when they opened it up to a Q&A, there was an older gentleman who went up to do a Q&A. And he goes, listen... I grew up on the original. I watched the original. He goes, I love what you're doing with this. He that's goes, awesome. it's he goes, it's so great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the best thing about going yeah, for then, a show like that that you really love. Yeah, yeah. And then the even a more awesome thing was they said they were doing a little contest where you could win a or you know you could win a a, uh, a chance to see an exclusive super secret screening of the first episode of the second season. Wasn't able to go because we I had some other things going on, which we'll get to in a little bit, but did go up and at least try to do this where because basically what happened was Will Parker, who plays uh, Will Robinson, uh, went in, on stage and came out awesomely, I might add. They were introducing everybody. He came out on a skateboard. Cool. Which was just awesome. Oh, that's cool. pretty dope. So he said, listen, you know, we're doing this thing where you can win an exclusive super secret screening of the second, first episode of the second season in an undisclosed location, you got to find our robot, you know, and get a photo with our robot. And everyone's going, and I was sitting next to a friend and we're like, Oh, we know where that is. We know where that is. Because when you walked into the show floor, there was a giant thing around the the doorway that said lost in space two, And the robot was there to the right. So we're like, Oh, that's, that's the one. And the showrunner immediately went, it's not the one you're thinking of. Mm. And the, and so uh, Will Robinson goes, Oh uh, yeah, check out our the, the show's social media on Twitter and Instagram for some hints as to where it is. So we immediately went there and go, all right, let's see where they're saying. And they go, oh well, the Sci-Fi Lounge is a good place to check out. So we went up to the Sci-Fi Lounge, and uh, you know we we heard the theme music playing, and we're like, oh, I think we found it. And then you know the theme music plays, and you know the theme music stops, and you just hear Danger, Will Robinson, Danger, and out comes the robot. And we're like, oh, that's you know, look, get the picture, get the picture. And then we realize, oh, we can line up for a picture with the robot. And we go, and then before we know it, it's not you're just you're getting a picture with the robot. You're getting a picture with the robot and the gentleman, the the kid who plays Will Robinson. Oh, how cool is that? So yeah. I got a, I got a picture with the robot That's and the awesome. ki- and the kid who plays Will Robinson. So that was just a highlight of the entire time. <laughs> yeah, how could it not be? No. Oh yeah, it was amazing. That's a great experience, Pat. Yeah. I mean, for me, like during this time, I actually went to go check out uh, the Pandora panel. Okay. Now, I am not familiar with the show, but when Ryan and I were walking around um, after we were not allowed into Watchmen, we actually swung by this booth and we were really sold on it. The the people that were working the booth were very energetic. Sure. I guess that's one thing, too. If I'm not familiar with your show. Yeah, you got to sell it to me. You got to sell it to me. Yeah. And they were like, hey, you know, check this out. You know, if you come back here, you can get swag, blah, 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 blah. And they were so excited about that. I was like, okay, if I have time Saturday, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I wish I had time to check it out, but with the expanse at the same time, it was kind of. Well, that was the tough thing about Saturday. Oh, my God. Saturday, trying to pick and choose what you could go to. It was was like. Plus, that Amazon panel was two hours long. Yeah. They they went full deep on that. Yeah, they went hardcore. so. So, I mean, I did get the chance to swing down. Like, I am not familiar with the show. I didn't come in. But the one thing that stuck out to me, which I thought was very cool, mm-hmm. is the star of the show, her name is Priscilla Quintana, mm-hmm. was in the crowd taking selfies with fans before it started. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, just coming out and just thanking everybody for watching. That's and, awesome. And like I that's wasn't really cool. And like I said, I wasn't familiar who, who she was in mm-hmm. the show because I'm like, okay, this is the first time I've ever seen this. Because I'm like, okay, she must be an actress on the show. But the fans that were there were very into, into the it. show. Yeah. And they were like, Jax, Jax, Jax. 
and she was just more than gracious talking to like she talked to like everybody That's by the cool. time by the time I was going up there they were starting the panel so they wheeled her back <laughs> sure, which sure. And, and they got up there and they were really pushing and like and they were more or less hinting that like hey we, we're a summer show some people might not know who we are mm-hmm. this is what we do and, and it's you know about this futuristic you know it's like the world has ended and you know they're kind of fighting for different uh, you know, uh, space on, on earth. And it was just a really interesting take. Like I said, I was not too familiar with the show, but I went and I was like, okay, but the cast was very into it. Like I said, Priscilla was very energetic about it and cool. just very, for being a fan or, you know, being behind the show, it wasn't, it didn't come off like as fake. It was came off like sure. I genuinely yeah. like care. And I, I want to just say thank you for everybody that has checked out the show. And you know, the fact that you've done this, and like I said, this is something that really sold me on it because, like, going by their byline, this is set in the year 2099, a young woman who has lost everything finds a new life in America's space training academy where she learns to defend the galaxy. So, like I said, everything's been kind of like evolved. It's a different thing. Yeah. And like for me, I was like, okay, this might be worth checking out. Yeah. And like I said, the rest of the cast was they were, you know, it seemed like there was like a lot of them for like their first time like on a panel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they came off very well. Like they were really trying to sell it and yeah. yeah. You know, they said, you know, now this is on the CW app or you can download it on iTunes. So I might give it a shot. Sure. Just, just take like, a couple episodes. Like Ken said, it, it caught our eye on the show floor because they had a TV up and they were like showing either a trailer or just scenes from the se- the season. It it. It's a, another science fiction show, so it definitely caught my eye, and I wish I had been able to make it to the panel. But between a show I hadn't seen and season four, episode one of The Expanse, I had to. I yeah, had to, yeah, I had to choose. choose Amazon. It, 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 like, it's a tough thing, but I'm glad I made it done because, yeah. like I said, I'll probably check it out too. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, one of those things. Like, it was it was kind of worth a shot. Like I, I think they were kind of trying to sell it as Riverdale meets Stranger Things, uh, which yeah. I didn't get that vibe when I saw it. Is that what sure. they were trying to sell it as, or was it just like from the creators of? I, I, I thought that's what they were kind of describing it as. Huh. Now, I could be wrong about that. So yeah. if I am, I apologize in advance. Right. Because they, they just said it very quickly. And I was like, yeah. Okay. But it didn't look like that to me, but it looked interesting. Yeah. So I, it kind of reminded me a little more of like Space Age Riverdale than Stranger Things. Gotcha. Sure, sure. But I got to investigate it a little more. So yep. maybe I'll do a blog on that sometime yeah. soon. Who knows? Because right after this panel, I had to head down to. Another Marvel panel, and like I said, another one. Another, another one. one. Marvel was crushing it. I mean, shout out to Tim at Marvel too. Um, I was talking to him a little bit. This panel was the Marvel Fanfare panel. Sure. Ooh. And this was. It kind of reminded me of Cup of Joe. Okay. Because CB Sabalski was there, mm-hmm. and it was. You really didn't know what I was expecting, except the only thing I knew going into this was Chris Claremont, living, yeah, breathing Mister X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his run on the X Men. Enough said. Like, if you're not familiar with him, he has basically written so many X Men stories. He writes his own universe. Like, sure, amazing. Like every single classic X Men story you talk about. That even if it was made into a movie, he wrote it better. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Days of Future Past, Dark yeah. Phoenix. Right. I yeah. I can go on and on, but sure, sure, sure. But it was just it. it like I said, this kind of reminded me a cup of Joe. And it was just CB having a talk with him on the panel, and it was just really just those two having a conversation. Even, like, in line for the panel, like, Chris Claremont was coming over talking with fans, and he was, like, super amped up to be That's there. That's cool. Yeah, which I'm just like, I know this man's work. I mean, he has written my team book when I was growing up. Sure. Right. Like, yeah. And all the stories that he came up with, and 
I mean, for me, it was kind of very cool to see. And just when he's going through the stories and he's talking about like how he started at Marvel Mm -hmm. and there was a really cool story about how he was working with the cast of Saturday Night Live Uh and he met John Belushi. Ooh. Like, and just kind of going from there and and talking about the story because they started referencing Animal House, which is my favorite movie (laughs) of all time. So I was like, oh my God, like I'm marking out. And just really talking about um, you know, how the X-Men had progressed and, and just how he, when he took it over and where it was and how he, he did it. And it's just, and just kind of doing this great Stan Lee stories too. Yeah. And he, and he was always start off like, Hey, true believer. Like he do the Stan impression. <laughs> it was like, Oh my God, it's yeah. spot on. And he's just talking about the stories of the early days of Marvel and breaking down pictures. And then they were talking about the movies and just, and he brought up a good point during the panel or during the conversation mm-hmm. that if X-Men didn't set the tone for Marvel movies. Right. Because we have to remember the original X-Men, Famke Jansen, right. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Would there have been a Spider-Man? Would there have been an Iron Man? I don't think so. No, probably not. No. No, and he made this point, and he is kind of even, he kind of said it tongue-in-cheek. He's like, I wish I held out, though, Right. And then Marvel could have been, or the X Men could have been with Marvel when the MCU took off. But right. yeah. you know, stuff. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. But then would we have gotten the MCU to be? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's apples to oranges. I mean you, you can have that debate all day. Right. But right. but he did, but he was kind of telling the story about how it got made, and he was even mentioning the story too, like when I mentioned earlier about a fictional world. Read DC. If you want a real world, you read Marvel. Like yeah. that. I'm paraphrasing something he said, but he was just you know so passionate about it. And, and he was talking about how proud he was of the MCU. Yeah. And he's, he said one moment, it was like a punch in the gut, that he's like, you know, was the regret about, you know, seeing the MCU, you know, be where it is. And he goes, right. that Stan, Joni, Jack, and Steve aren't here to see the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see Avengers. And I was like, oh, yeah. man. And, and, he's, and he's right. And, he was, and just the lineage of what, you know, Lee and, and Kirby and company did is, I mean. Oh, yeah. Enough said mm-hmm. to, to quote mm-hmm. the late great Stan. Yeah, it was a great panel, and just to hear like the story of yeah. him. And like I said, Marvel, <clears throat> I thought did such a top shelf job because, like I said, I didn't make it to the Spider Man panel, but I did hear good things about it the, yeah. this week on Marvel. Yeah, Cup of Joe is always a unique experience because of what it's become, and and just he has those intimate conversations like Vincent D'Onofrio, and they were talking, you know, like I said, from his time with Full Metal Jack, and they are telling a really cool Stanley Kubrick story, Yeah, which I don't think I can do justice if I try telling. <laughs> but he was also talking about Daredevil and, you know, and how now there's the push hashtag save Daredevil yep. to get him back. And he was and he was kind of saying, like, he loves the role, and, you know, they they cannot comment because they don't know anything right. going on with it. And Chris Claremont also brought up a good thing, too, when he's talking with C.B. Savolsky is they were asking him what he thought of the Jonathan Hickman run. And he goes, I don't read everybody's X-Men. Sure. Mm-hmm. I know my X-Men, yep. and I know my take on the characters, and that's who it is. It's not a slight to them. Right. But this is – I know my X-Men, and that's what I respect. I respect what they do, but I know my X-Men. Right. And yeah. you know what? He was spot on with that, too, because – where I think Pat and I are going to go to now mm-hmm. is we were at the dawn of X panel. My now, God, this is the huge <laughs> thing. Now I know uh, I know wild. you're not familiar with comics, Oof. so I'm going to give you the spoilers of spoilers because I know you've been listening on the show, but just yeah. the speed version of this. Okay, Jonathan Hickman, legendary writer. Okay, has d- worked in Fantastic Four and really done this long, intricate. He does long runs. Yeah, run, which he r- just puts so much energy back in the franchise. Yep. He did Avengers. Okay. And made it into this wild ride 
through the Marvel Universe and ultimately ended with the crossover of Secret Wars, mm-hmm. okay. which in my gut ODPH opinion is going to be the next Russo movie in the MCU. Okay. What's Secret Wars? Just real quick. Secret Secret Wars Wars is basically when Doctor Doom gets the power of the Beyonder and they're like, you know, kind of defending the multiverse and it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. It's a wild ride. It's wild. It's like everybody's involved and like it was a buildup from when like he took over Avengers 1 is like a five-year run build. Wow. Like at least at the minimum. And it is just absolutely crazy. The the trade paperback is out. It's worth reading. Okay. And you just see so many like iconic moments in this book, and it's just like it's fantastic. Like I don't like trying to describe. It's tough because you have to no, go through yeah. the whole lineage. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the the different realms and the Illuminati and the Cabal and, and just there's so much going on with it. It's like oh. <laughs> so he took a break from Marvel. Okay. He is now back with the X Men, and okay. the X Men. He had the absolutely just like earth-shattering idea of restarting the X-Men franchise with one single event. Okay. And what he did is he has made Moria McTaggart, who you might know from the cartoon, um, she's always been an NPC, non-playing character, Okay. into the most important mutant in MCU history, hmm. second to gold balls. Because gold, <laughs> gold, gold, gold balls can regenerate people. And this goes, this goes into it. Moira has a power now that when she dies, she goes back and relives her life with her memories. Oh. She now knows. But to a limit of like 10 times. Yeah, that we know of 10 that times. That we know of. Sure. That she goes in there. And she has now gone to Xavier before he's formed the X-Men and said the future what happens. She showed him. Yes. She showed him what happens in she's the like, future. She's like, read my extinct. mind. Yes. They get extinct. Xavier has now teamed up with Magneto before the X-Men formed. Oh. And they have unified every single mutant on the planet that we know of, maybe with the exception of a couple. Uh, and when we say every single mutant on the planet. Are we talking like uh, Apocalypse? Uh-huh. Yes. No way. Omega Red? Yeah. 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 You name it. I might it. have to read this. It yeah. is amazing. They've I might been, have to read this They've book. been doing two separate books, House of X and Powers of Ten. Okay. Powers of Ten is like a timeline book, but they break down different time periods and you get the backstory. Sure. House of X is the current run. Okay. And they've done this thing where the X-Men have been reincarnated, and that's why we said Gold Balls, along with Hope Summers and um, Proteus and uh, two other mutants that are escaping me right now that I need to talk about them right now, and I'm blanking. There's five <laughs> of them that form human they can regenerate mutants okay and xavier has cerebro now wired where he basically has like dna souls in there and can regenerate them into the bodies what it's absolutely this is wild yeah it's freaking fantastic (laughs) and you sit there reading this and you're like holy because you can't like wrap your head around the concept and just this is just like the intro by the way (laughs) so we haven't even hit the ground running jeez they've now wrapped up house of x okay which I will talk a quick spoiler of. They now have set up the government of Krakoa mm-hmm. because now they're living on the living island. Yeah. And the people they have on the government is they've broken down into the seasons. You have Magneto, Charles Xavier, Apocalypse. That's one set. That's dangerous enough. It's wild. You have Mr. Sassy Sinister, Mystique, and Exodus as another faction. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have Nightcrawler, Jean Grey, and Storm Oof. as another one. Then you have the mysterious one which is Emma Frost, Sebastian Shaw, and a character that we have not been identified with yet that is the Red King. If you know anything about the Hellfire Club, it's the Red King. Um, they do, like, uh, White Queen, Black King. Okay. It's like chess pieces. Okay. We don't know who the Red King is. 
Uh, we might have an idea because when we start going into the panel, like this is wrapping up this week, Powers of 10, six, number six comes out. Next week is when the relaunch drops. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Pat and I were lucky enough to be in the house for the Dawn of X panel. Holy crap. Are you ready? Oh, my God. I'm not ready. Okay. Oh, my God. Go. Pat, kick it off. No, listen, I can't even kick this thing off. I mean, this, this was just but my mind is still blown from this panel. Because we went into it going, okay, we're going to find out some stuff about what they're actually doing after, you know, House of X and Powers of Ten is done. And once the relaunch happens, and then they just decided to drop it on us. <laughs> My God. Yeah. So when you start breaking down the list of books, Marauders is the first one that came out. Now, I've been very critical of this book just because for me, I was like, okay, this looks like Mutants at Sea. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get the justification of it. Now, after reading Powers of Ten, number five, I get it. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. They did a long game kind of thing. Yeah, they're like, here's this book. I don't care if you don't like it because it's going to make sense in like an issue or two. Well, it makes sense because you understand why Emma Frost and has assembled this team mm-hmm. and what they're doing at sea, and okay. and and it it ties into another backstory of how the X Men now have their own sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. That is recon- that's recognized, and it's basically every mutant is here. We have our laws. This is established. This is what we're you know what that's we're cool. basically yeah. It's it's a, it's an absolute trip. So this book might actually be one of the most important ones for the line. Which mm-hmm. trying to wrap my head around this has been like wait what? Well, and the awesome thing they did was they showed some covers with the upcoming books, and it, you know it was just a hit after a hit after a hit. I was already mind blown enough when they were talking about Dawn of X or the X-Men traditional line and they were showing some of those covers and they get to the cover of issue five and it's uh, Xavier in a suit with Cerebro on Magneto in a suit, an all white suit. Yes. Oh, and then Apocalypse. And I didn't know they made suits this big. <laughs> Apocalypse is in a suit, and it's weird enough. And if they're walking, get it tailored, probably. That could be. They're walking out of what I can only describe uh, as maybe like something at the UN or something, because it's not entirely clear what it is. It's a meeting room of some sort, and there's an entire group of people looking at them, and uh, they're walking out like you know the the scene in the movie where the the bad guys are walking out and they just made their demands and ha ha you can't be you know whatever it is, yeah, yeah. and all these and everybody behind them is just staring. Death in one. Is Xavier walking or is he in his? Yes, he's 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 walking walking in this point. Oh, sweet. Yeah, he's walking. So, like, they're just walking. They're walking out. Xavier's looking forward. You know, Apocalypse is kind of looking down a little bit. Magneto's looking off to the side. And everyone behind him is just like, you, God, son of a so and so. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely freaking nuts of what they're doing with this. And they just start breaking down each book and, like, what they're doing. And you have the team book, which is going to be the flagship, which Jonathan Hickman is writing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of right now that we know of based around the Summers family, but I think that's going to separate by the time the story gets going. Summers family and Wolverine. Yeah, which... I'm not now. Now I'm actually wondering if he is the missing brother. Well, and the thing they mentioned is while the cover shows really? the summers, the book itself will have a rotating cast, and nobody is off limits. Okay, like at any point somebody can show up. It might be for an issue, and then they go away. Right, but that's not just for any reason. It's just hey, we needed him for this issue. Huh. Yeah, so I mean that's going on. Marauders is going on where they have Captain Kate Pride. Who is rocking a red coat, and that's why I'm thinking she might be the Red King. Maybe I don't, but I I, I don't know yet. I'm yeah. just trying to think like who could possibly be tied in with that. But she is going to be featured very prominently on Marauders. We have the brand new Excalibur book, mm-hmm. which 
Apocalypse is on there. Which now we understand why he's there. Because initially when they showed off the covers of these relaunch issue number ones, we were sitting there going, I, we said it on a sh- previous show, why in the bleep is, is Apocalypse in the background? Well, now we know. Yeah, now we know. I mean, there's a new Captain Britain. And there, hmm. it's really tying back into like the essence of Excalibur, which was always like the X-Men in Europe. Right, and Teeny okay. Howard, who was fighting through losing a voice i i I felt that pain oh but she was so excited to have captain britain there yeah she she was like you want to talk about somebody that's amped up to be there she was killing it on that panel Uh uh-huh and i mean they had ed brisson who was doing um the new mutants book he's also doing ghost rider right now and the take they're doing with that is the new mutants which we never see the movie the new mutants were the next class in xavier's student right and they've all kind of grown up per se and they did another book after that called generation x which was more freakish mutants than okay. your typical yeah you know like cycle like cyclops is like normal and then freakish would be like uh angel i think the one with the wings uh, even even more so like they have, they have one of the most visually impressive mutants ever chamber who blew off half his chest when his powers manifested Jesus. and he's yeah. missing his jaw like he is pff, he looks awesome right so like they're doing this big space odyssey and it's tying in with oh, the cool. shiar and like wow. everything involved in that and and they're tying in so many elements from New Mutants and X-Force and Generation X. Like For me, reading those books, it's like, this is a nice mix yeah. of everybody. Yeah, and they all, you mentioned X-Force. They talked about X-Force, which Benjamin Percy is writing. Deepest voice in comics. Deepest voice in comics. Uh, I know Brian told me this in the past, but didn't know who he was at the time. In one ear, out the other. He went to talk, and my first thought is, my God, that man's voice. He is sounds like this. Holy, awesome. holy, it was even better. It, it was absolutely nuts. So cool. But he kind of, you know... If you've seen the cover, you know Colossus is on there, Beast, Wolverine, you know, uh, Jean Grey's on there. And he kind of explained it that, okay, well, yes, in the past, X-Force was kind of this black ops, hey, we need to take care of something without anybody really knowing it was us type thing. Well, now the the mutants have an official government and an official nation. X-Force. X-Force is not, no. X-Force is an official, like, arm of the government where... They're like they. I think the way Benjamin Percy described and correctly, they're, the they're the CIA of the oh, of the mutants. That's cool. And, yeah. and and he said you have the brains of the operation, or like the thinking part of the operation with Beast, and then you have the fist portion of the operation with Wolverine. Ooh. Yeah, like how he set it up was like, okay, this sounds so dope. I, I've got to ask if all the mutants are on one team, mm-hmm. like they're all. <clears throat> who's the bad guy? Humanity. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I like it. And I guess I like it. Uh, we're we're just evil. Yeah. Deep dickheads. Well, they well they explain in the in Powers of Ten why. Yeah. And yeah. It, it makes sense. Except yeah. they haven't gotten the full detail yet because no. Mister Sinister is so key. Which if you sassy haven't read Mr. it, he is like the most sassiest character you're ever going to read in comics. This so year. good. I, you have. I, I well, I'll get you the issue. I'm going to show you that. Okay. So good. And of course, while they were showing up covers for X Force, prob- another cover that shocked everybody was for issue three, which features Jean Grey wearing Cerebro 4.0. Uh, and there are a lot of questions with this one. And the, uh, Benjamin Percy said, there's a reason she's wearing it, and it's not good. Uh oh. Yeah. So everything the mutants have been working for might be up in smoke. Oh, no. We don't know. But this was how Piercy was selling this was like, okay, this was my standout book when I saw the relaunch line. Mm-hmm. I'm even more at like their first day mm-hmm. like this one sounded like this had so much potential to really be the breakout book because yeah. i mean the x-men book is going to be cool like yeah. oh yeah like no question of that yeah it's going to be good but to see the other books really step up and even like fallen angels which i was on the fence about but they sure but i got a little more clarification because when i first saw the cover it almost looked like it was gonna be like the cw type book yeah whereas like the three teens lost away from Kokoa. <laughs> yeah because you see the the 
All right, Psylocke, who is Psylocke now proper. The the proper Psylocke. Long story off air. <laughs> X twenty three and Kid Cable, mm-hmm. and they're not on Krakoa. No, and they're moving around the U.S. or Madripoor, like wherever they're at. Like it's it's a couple different places they're moving, and they explain like these characters are not feeling comfortable on Krakoa for different reasons. Okay. Cable made sense. Like, the minute they said that, I'm like, okay, well, Apocalypse is responsible for turning Cable into Cable. I don't know about timeline, but X, Y, and Z. Okay, I get why he's off there. Yeah. X-23, not 100% sure. And, I mean, obviously, Psylocke is just a messy history. Mm-hmm. So they did show they're adding a couple more members on there. I know one was Husk yep. from Generation X. Um, and they're going to be kind of doing something with them. So that could be a sleeper book, too. Mm-hmm. And then the big announcement, because I think bombshell. We, I think we covered everybody that, yeah. was, that was out there. Yep. The big announcement was. Yeah, the, the, and they teased it, that something was coming when the panel started. They go, you know how the Marvel movies like to do a little mid-credit scene or an end-credit scene <laughs> that you got to stick around for? We're doing the same thing. Stick around for the end of the panel. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this they, was it. And they showed a trailer, or photo art, rather, oh, for the man. new Wolverine book by Ben Piercy. Mm-hmm. And Adam Kubert. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Which this, if you haven't heard um, Ben Piercy's podcast that he wrote, the Wolverine, The Long Night. Long okay. Night. He's and the writer the, of it. Right. And okay. then the second season, uh, The Lost Trail. Yeah. He's now getting his chance to write Wolverine. Oh, it's going to be so good. This is going to be like a huge book. They call this Wave 2, I yeah. believe. Okay. So, so probably next year. Yeah. So probably yeah. sometime next year. Yeah, yeah. They didn't give a date. Or no, they did. Uh, they said when they showed the cover for issue one, which it just features Wolverine standing in like a grassy field type thing. Cool. You know, uh, shirt torn to shreds. Of course. Pants. You know, he's got one pant leg missing. He's still got the other one on. I mean, it's Wolverine. You know, yeah. Benjamin Percy, Adam Kuber. Is he uh, covered in blood with claws out? Uh, hard to say because the entire like thing is in red. Oh, it's in red. It's in oh, red. He's so covered in blood. So hard to say, but it's coming February twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. So that's gonna oh, be wow. that's All gonna right. be an exciting book and like and they gave everybody a copy too. Marvel, which by, by the way, the the giveaways are given at the end yeah. of each panel. Like wow. I have ex- the Cup of Joe panel exclusive Daredevil cover by cool. Joe Casada. Cool. The X Men um, Chris Claremont one was a Miles Morales cover. Right. Oh. And then the coolest thing for me was. Arthur Adams did the cover of Powers, or he did the cover of the New York Comic Con program. Okay, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. they did a black and white cover of that artwork for Powers of uh, Ten Number Five. Yeah. Oh, cool. And that looked so dope. That's cool. Yeah. And then we just left and we're like, okay, Mike dropped. Yeah, pretty much. That was Saturday in a Marvel nutshell. Killed, Marvel killed the con. Marvel yeah. killed it. I know uh, Brian John were at the Game of Thrones whiskey tasting. Yep. And they were raving about that. Yep. And I I better be getting some of that. Yeah, we're, we'll we'll talk to Brian about, off air about that. <laughs> but that was Saturday in a nutshell. We're going to take a quick break and wrap it up because there were some panels we didn't get a chance to hit to on Sunday. We're going to treat yeah. that as our one-shots this week. Definitely hit us up on our social media. You can find them on ochoduroparleyhour.com. Use the hashtag ODPH. Join in that conversation because we'll be right back. On a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. On a podcast. Anyway, I'm going to start closing up the One Movie Punch secret volcano layer, and we'll meet you back at home. With a secret volcano layer. Wait, wait, uh, volcano layer, really? Uh, uh, with a secret volcano layer, one podcast host just can't seem to get a break. This October. 
Joseph is forced to survive by any means possible. Who keeps a parking lot full of wood chippers? In a serial audio drama of adventures. Blood. Blood everywhere. Fountains and fountains of blood. That can only be called Reign of Terror 2019. <laughs> Join us in October 2019 for 31 straight days of horror movie reviews and interviews featuring Joseph, the One Movie Crunch crew, 17 podcast guest reviewers, special guests, and me, your narrator, Shane Hyde. Don't miss Reign of Terror 2019. <laughs> Wait, does this mean I miss Joker? No. Hey, this is Vince, the Common Man Toy, local MMA fighter, telling you to keep on listening to the ODPH, the 607's up-and-coming newest podcast. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, recapping everything that was New York Comic Con 2019. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan, let me ask you this because we're going to kind of do one shots a little different. Okay, okay. This was your first year going, as we've d- discussed. I yes. mean, we went down as part of the street team, and thank you for all the hard work you were doing. You, John, and, and Brian handing out stuff. Brad Guy Signal was running around crazy, too. And what would you describe your experience like for New York Comic Con? Uh, and, and, and looking back on it now. Indescribable. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was wild. Um, I'm definitely excited for next year to see what different panels. I'm going to more panels next year. I've already it's already decided because um, I only I went to a, like four total. I need to I need to go to more next year. It but, wasn't enough. But now you'll be a seasoned veteran. That, right. That's now, I know, the, now I know what I'm doing. Um, I don't know. Describe comic-con like if somebody is hearing this for the first time and they were like okay i've never been to a con you've been now been to one it's exciting it's just just exciting there's so much going on all at once it's kind of hard to process anything yeah you just have to you're if you go your first time don't worry about going to panels just you know experience comic-con you're too Maybe hit some more panels because you can experience Comic Con in a day, and then the next two days, what do you do? you got to hit panels. Otherwise, you're just wandering the show floor. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to get lost into. I mean, yeah. we didn't we didn't get a chance to even cover like the CW panel because we had to leave early to come back home. Yeah, CW had a lot going on yeah. for, the, for you know all their different pro- properties, and uh, I mean the Walking Dead panel that was a little crazy as I heard. I mean, they announced yeah. Warren Cohen's returning. Yep, they and, announced it. A third show, right? Yeah, yeah they right? they do have the trailer out for it. Um, jury is still out, in my opinion. Okay. Still got to see something. Fair enough. S- still got to see something, a little more from it. But yeah. I, I, first take was kind of like, mm. I saw the first episode last night. Yeah. I, I might throw something up on the blog or we'll just talk about it next week. 
to Cadillac be determined. Yeah. yeah, to be determined. Which is to, with given if you've seen the episode and saw what happened in the episode, given how the episode opened, mm-hmm. you know a lot of questions. But that's to be expected. That's yeah. how that's how the Walking Dead is. Yeah, but I mean they had a lot of strong TV on last night though, as we recorded on Monday. I mean Batwoman yeah. debuted, not as bad as everybody said. No. Oh, yeah. Was it good? No, it, it was a good origin story. I mean, it was set before the crossover last season, which kind of confused me until yeah. I had to ask you. I'm like, because coming in with the knowledge of what happened in the crossover last year, right. I'm like, all right, wait a minute. Why are we doing this? Why is she acting like she doesn't know anything and she doesn't have the suit? And that's when you go, oh, well, it's set before the crossover. I'm like, um, okay, makes sense. That being said, you treat it like an origin story. You treat it like an intro. It makes sense. It sets up who she is. It sets right. up motivations. It sets up like everything you need to know about the character and maybe not everything. Everything you need to know, because I'm well, sure there's stuff they'll introduce later. Sure. It, Otherwise, it, yeah, the character might get. Yeah, it, it was a good intro. It cool. made sense. It, it was a good intro. It did what it needed to do. Like I would say, like everybody was, was kind of raining on it earlier, and was yeah. I go. Does anybody remember Arrow's first episode? A little rough. Hey. Yeah, a little rough. This is kind of. I want to say I had the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Okay. But I'm definitely intrigued by it. I thought the character or the actress who played Alice. Yeah was creepy was creepy and great but in a good way yeah but it, it definitely worked in the favor cool so i think it's gonna be worth a rewatch i heard good things about supergirl i haven't watched that yet right so going into crisis dc is starting off on the right foot uh-huh. walking dead to be determined there was so much going on at comic-con trying to narrow down like everything like idw had a great panel you know celebrating their 20 years tom mcfarlane was down there celebrating spawn 300 yeah yeah i mean an AEW, which we didn't even get a chance to address they were loud listen i can i can tell you about them because <laughs> their panel was going on at the same time i was at the marvel next big thing panel they were in another room and i heard them like they were standing next to me that like you know chris jericho and john moxley and mjf you know crashed the panel and cody was there and and you could just like I swear I swear to you they weren't in the room next to me. It sounded like it. It was just loud. Pat yeah. talked about this all day. No, no, <laughs> no. They were just loud. I mean, the one thing I I unfortunately wasn't able to get to the Lucasfilm or uh, Lucasfilm publishing yeah. panel, which is kind of like my, you know my go to one that I always go to because it talks about all the upcoming Star Wars books. You know, I was able to read a couple things about that, and I'm really excited for you know Charles Soule is relaunching the Star Wars comic line. You know, with issue one, which is going you know of course the first run was you know in between. Uh, a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. This one is going to be between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. You know, you've got a new th- uh, Thrawn trilogy coming from Timothy Zahn that mm. I'm really excited for. You know, got to dig in a couple more articles I got to read through, but a lot of good stuff I heard. So, Pad, final thoughts on New York Comic Con to wrap it up. Possibly, you know, like I said before, possibly one of the best ones I've ever been to. Definitely the most panels I've ever been to. I realized at some point on Friday at you know, five o'clock or whatever it was, I was in a panel. I was like, I haven't been up to the show floor all day, you know, but incredible job and, and shout out to everyone at read pop and Marvel DC and, and everyone just all the companies who were there and all the, all the stuff that was there, you know, well done. Yeah. It was a great year. Yeah. This year definitely was an awesome time. Um, Shout out to Reed Pop. Shout out to everybody connected at the Javits. Everybody who's working there did a phenomenal job keeping that controlled chaos. Yeah. yeah. You know, in check. Yep. Yeah. For I the mean, most part. Yeah. Funko got out of line. Yeah, you know. Funko usually does. Funko is just yeah. a little crazy experience to get yeah. down there. Like for that for being your first time, that's normal Funko. I was I saying mean, yeah. Funko was out of yeah. control and then when I was walking the show floor at one point, I got really congested and I was like, What the heck is going on? Was it, was it Saturday? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it was, was Saturday, yeah. and I couldn't figure out why. And for wrestling fans, you'll understand. I go walking by, and who's at a booth? Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Mick Foley, 
Sergeant Slaughter. And I'm like, my God, okay, that's why it's busy. Yeah. 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 But it just proves that there's something for everybody at Con, yeah. Yeah. New York Comic Con. Yep. They went all out. I mean, the people behind New York Comic Con do an amazing job, and thank you for allowing us to be press this year yeah. and cover as much as we did. We hope we come back next year's press, too. This was just a fun time to be a fan and interact with you know fans of the show. I mean, RJ, we ran into him down there, so shout out to Tsunami. We saw Mike Blakesley was running around, our good buddy, uh, fellow Robocon's badge sponsor. He was dressed up doing the Dragon Ball Z. His wife was dressed up as Melissa. Vin. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, so... She was running around there crazy, too. I mean, our friend Scott Dixon was running yeah. around there as, as Jason, which I am fully convinced he was on the New York Comic Con IG stories. If you haven't, <laughs> if you, and if you haven't seen his, his cosplay of Jason, it is very convincing. Yeah, him and Elise down there were definitely rocking some great costumes. Um, and it was just a fun time to be down there, too. And like I said, for me, meeting the fellow podcasters that I did down there, once again, shout out to S- Superhero Speak, Cult 45 podcast, Ghost of the Stratosphere, Pina Comics, and So Wizard Podcast. Seriously, if you're not listening to them, you got to get started ASAP. Yeah. And it was just an awesome time to be down there. Shout out to everybody we met down there. Shout out to Bridge, too, for the hookups as well. We had a blast covering it for New York Comic Con. We can't wait to get back down there next year and definitely just be fans. Yeah. Because New York Comic Con is our event. Yep. We've, we've now... I don't even want to do the math about the collective like amount of experience we've it's all gone lot. to. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 seasoned veterans. You'll it's, get it's, there. It's north of ten. We'll yeah, just keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, but it's always a great time, and it's because the people behind it put on such an amazing event. The fans down there, just watching the fellow cosplayers. I mean, they were there was some great cosplayers. Yeah, some really good cosplay. Yeah, the Epcot yeah. Center one. Yeah, that saw that one. Wild. I said the highlight for me for cosplayers was, was probably the one I saw. Walking through the food court portion, there. Uh, for those of you who played it, there was a woman who dressed up as Borderlands Three Moxie. Yes. Oh yep. my I, god. There was there was a couple of them, but and I think I, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, and I saw on Reddit this morning on the Borderlands Three subreddit, she posted that she won. I think it was first place for effects or something like that. Awesome. Which I'm like, okay, yeah. Given I saw your cosplay up close, it was insane. I saw Moe's from Borderlands yeah. 3. She yeah. was good. There was, there was a lot of good Borderlands one. A lot of a lot, lot of fat Thors. Yeah. A lot of fat. A lot of fat. Lot, lot of listen, listen, you're uh, the fat Thor. If, if, if you're going to a comic convention, you know, end of this year, next year, hell, the next 10 years. Yeah. And you're thinking of doing fat Thor, don't <laughs> there's if you do you're if you do it you're one of you're you're making 101 there's going to be a hundred if you don't do thor's fat thor and go oh darn there's not gonna be a fat thor i'm not there's gonna be one less fat thor at comic-con don't worry there's gonna be a hundred other ones yeah yeah that's gonna be a now staple i saw a couple of really good jokers too oh yeah there was a real i saw a real good heath ledger joker yeah two, yeah i saw you, two real good heath yeah ledger jokers. There, there was a the lot one of that was nurse heath ledger yep. yeah yeah the walk and yeah then, yeah the walk was fantastic i also saw a uh, grenade coat heath ledger joker yeah. mm. that one was good yeah there was a lot of good stuff there was a lot of good stuff. there was so many so much good cosplay especially when they opened up the upstairs for it right above the sci-fi yeah. lounge yeah. yeah that like you saw just everybody's hanging out just talking and yep I mean, this is why you go to cons. Yeah. You meet fellow fans. You meet the creators you want to just say thank you to. Yep. You find out all the latest, which, I mean, like I said, we've covered. We got done with, I'd say, about 80% of everything. We didn't even get a chance to dig in some other stuff. Yeah. Because con was so loaded. And just going as fans, this is why you go, no matter you know where you are in your life. 
I mean, I saw little kids cosplaying. I saw, yeah. you know, almost senior citizens cosplaying. Yep. It's, it's just a beautiful time. And, like, everybody's so peaceful and talking to each other. Yep. Like, you know, you just escape reality for however many hours you're there. And everybody's just cool with each other. Also a ton of Pennywise. Yeah. Lots of Pennywise. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, is okay. I'd rather yeah. see that than, you know. Fat Thor? Come on. Yeah, Fat Thor. Come on. A little overdone. We, we got to kind of boycott that next year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what will be the next one. But Who knows? We'll have to see. But we have to just give a quick couple shout-outs, and then we're going to wrap this up. I already mentioned it in the other podcast, but we have to give a shout-out to our buddies, Three Fat Nerds, hashtag 607 Podcast. They tore it up at Sci-Fi Horror Fest in Oneana this Did weekend. They? they took Mike C. from Horror Zone 607. They have an episode dropping. They're recapping. They have got more interviews than you can think about. They absolutely crushed Sci-Fi Horror Fest. They're going to be heading in a couple weeks to Scaricon. Cool. Absolutely. It's a must-listen to. If you're not sure how to find them, you can go to ochoduroparlayhour.com. Find hashtag 607podcast. We have the links right there. When they drop that episode, you should just be subscribing anyway. But when they drop that episode, definitely check that out. We have to give a quick shout-out to Floodlands. You formerly know them as Crimson Brethren. You heard their music on the show. Floodlands just dropped their album, CSRN. It is absolutely crushing it right now. They're going to be on the show hopefully by the end of October. We don't exactly know yet. Mm-hmm. We're kind of hammering out the dates, but you can find them under the music section on OchoDoroParleyHour.com. We have to give a shout-out to Justin Credible. He is going to be coming back on at some point to kick off Cosptober, which what we do is we interview local cosplayers to come on talk about the whole experience of it because Cosptober, as you saw, look how big cosplay is when you go to a yeah. con and just what's behind it. So if anybody's right. listening and thinking about doing it, Justin's going to be on at some point too, and he's kicking off our season for that. We have got so much going on, but you know what? It's going to be good to stay home for a little bit because oh, yeah. between Robercon and yeah. New York Comic Con, I am exhausted. <laughs> so anything else, OchoDuroParleyHour.com. Ryan, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. For Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken M. That's all we got for this week. Thank you to New York Comic Con and everybody we met down there. We will catch you next time. You have been listening to the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. <laughs>